This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Tuesday, September 15th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. President Donald Trump is scheduled to be in Philadelphia participating in a town hall meeting Tuesday night. Early Tuesday, you could see the barricades set up around Independence Mall in anticipation of the town hall hosted by ABC at the National Constitution Center. The president will be coming after a visit to Arizona where he reacted to a federal court ruling that Governor Tom Wolf's pandemic restrictions were unconstitutional. U.S. District Judge William Strickman, uh, appointed by President Trump, sided with plaintiffs calling Governor Wolf's orders in March initiated by the pandemic unconstitutional, specifically referring to the restriction of large gatherings, the shuttering of non-life-threatening, life-sustaining businesses, and a stay-at-home order. The suit was filed during the state's red phase when most businesses were closed, and Wolf has since eased many of those restrictions. An attorney who represents the plaintiffs said the current restrictions, like limits on gathering size, can't be enforced. The governor's office said they will appeal as far as what's happening Tuesday at the National Constitution Center. Uh, undecided voters will be able to ask the president questions. The town hall will air at 9 p.m. on 6ABC. This year's hurricane season is on pace to be the most active of all time. The National Hurricane Center now sees four named storms and seven active systems in the Atlantic Storm Basin. Tropical Storm Sally remains a hurricane headed for the Gulf Coast on Tuesday morning, uh, though it is downgraded to a Category 1 storm at 2 a.m. As of 5 a.m., Sally's winds were up to 85 miles per hour with gusts over 105 miles per hour. Sally is expected to strengthen to a Category 2 as it approaches land today. It was 60 miles east-southeast of the mouth of the Mississippi River at 5 a.m. and moving west-northwest at 2 miles per hour. The slow-moving system could dump tons of rain in its path. Sally is expected to bring extremely dangerous and life-threatening storm surge. Uh, Storm surge warnings have been issued for Port uh, Port Fourchon in Louisiana to the, uh, the Mississippi-Alabama border. Hurricane conditions are expected early Tuesday in southeastern Louisiana and later that night along Mississippi, Alabama, and the Florida Panhandle. Sally is the earliest S-storm in recorded history. Mm. On Monday morning, Tropical Storm Vicky formed uh, formed west of Cabo Verde Islands. Out in the Atlantic, Hurricane Paulette moved over the Bahamas, I'm sorry, over uh, Bermuda on Monday morning. Tropical Storm Teddy was named on Monday morning after forming out uh, off the west coast of Africa and then Tropical storm Renee uh, has been dissipated and it was forming in the Atlantic Ocean. Kathy, any chance that this will move further west and put out the wildfires? It would be helpful. Yeah, yeah. You notice, you look at every picture of any sort of hurricane pattern and it it always looks sexual in some way or another, you know? Uh, Police responded to a massive crowd of about a thousand people near the home where they filmed the popular MTV show Jersey Shore in Seaside Heights, New Jersey. The crowd gathered near 1209 Boardwalk Monday night. Officials estimated the crowd was more than a thousand people under current rules amid the coronavirus pandemic. Outdoor gatherings in New Jersey can exceed 500 people and social distancing must be practiced. No word yet on any arrests. The gathering occurred uh, near the home where they filmed four seasons of the popular reality TV show The Jersey Shore, but no other information was given as to why they were out there in front of this house. In sports this morning. (laughs) 
The Phillies lost to the Marlins in the series finale yesterday afternoon in Miami. What the f*** is this? Pablo Lopez allowed one run in seven innings, and the Marlins won game seven of the series 6-2. to two. The series, the majors' longest in the regular season in 53 years, included three makeup games and two doubleheaders. The Marlins won five of seven games, including the final three, to move into second place in the National League East, a game and a half ahead of the Phils. The Phils are back at home tonight as they open up a series against the New York Mets. Jake Arrieta will get the start and the first pitch is scheduled for 7.05. In Monday Night Football, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the New York Giants 26-16 in the Meadowlands. In the later game, the Tennessee Titans beat the Broncos in Denver after he missed four kicks for the first time in his career. Steven Goskowski kicked a 25-yard field goal with 17 seconds left sending the Titans past the Broncos 16-14. to There are two games in the NBA playoffs tonight. The Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat will play game one of the Eastern Conference Finals and tip off is set for 6:40. Out west, the LA Clippers and the Denver Nuggets will face off in that series game seven and tip off scheduled for 9 o'clock. And the Dallas Stars are headed back to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in 20 years after they beat the Vegas Golden Knights 3-2 last night in overtime. The Stars won the series in five games and will face the winner of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Finals. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks a bunch, Kathy. So here we are, Tuesday morning, slowly but surely making our way through the work week. We have a couple things we have planned for you today, including a chance for you to win some ink. It is a Preston Steve tattoo that you could snag for Tattoos Day. It's pretty easy to do. You just text the word tattoo to 39333, and we will randomly grab a winner. That winner gets a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing, and then you get your Preston and Steve-themed tattoo, and you're all good to go. Uh, they're located at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. Just the the army of people who now bear Preston and Steve ink on their butt. It's unbelievable. Yeah, for it's, years this has been going on. It's been going on for a long, long time now. <laughs> I, yeah. I almost feel bad about it. I, I do feel bad about it. But, hey, you love your ink? Yes. You love the show? Rock on, man. We, we love that. Uh, we also have joining us on the program today, Mr. Jim Brewer. Uh, Brewer is going to be performing a drive-in show. It is in Scranton, and we uh, there are some tickets remaining. We gave away some tickets last week. Uh, you can get tickets at CircleDriveIn.com, and the show is going to be September 26th. Brewer was built for drive-in shows. Yeah, he is a yeah. he's he's he he can command a, a big stage. He That's can, his he, deal. He's very very uh, um, uh, animated. Thank you. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. But he's uh, he's great. You know him. He's a regular on the show. So uh, if you haven't seen Brewer before, or you have just want to get out and go to a great show. You got to get yourself some tickets to this. So we'll talk to uh, Jim a little bit later on this morning. Uh, that's taking place um, in uh, business as usual. So I have uh, some, little, um, actually, some entertainment stories lined up with a stupid question on the way. We'll take a break. Come back in a second. Get it all started as the sun will be rising shortly on this Tuesday morning. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Preston, Steve, and WMMR. Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. It's always been Acme's goal to make sure that football fans have everything they need to cheer on the Eagles. And today, that goal is no different. No matter what game days look like this year, they'll be there to help you kick off, cheer from your favorite seat, and host like a pro with all the snacks, party trays, and game day foods you know and love. Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
so today is Tuesday, September... Oh, wait, I'm going to do the birthdays in a minute. Let me do the stupid question first. All right. Then I'll mention what day it is and who's celebrating birthdays today. All right, so stupid question. We're going to give away a Carlo Pass for four people to say. Nate uh, Bergatz, who's going to be at the Circle Drive-In Theater in Scranton. And that show will be Thursday, September 24th, by the way. The question for you is what company's slogan at one point was, we bring good things to life. Uh-huh. Yeah. 215-263-WMMR. What company's slogan at one point, because they've had a few different slogans, was, we bring good things to life. 215-263-WMMR. That is the number. Call now. And I'll mention again, today is September 14, uh, 15th, and birthdays today include Tommy Lee Jones, Awesome actor. He is a tremendous actor. I was watching Coal Miner's Daughter, oh, uh, so which is a great movie, and he plays Mooney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he's really, he's great. This is one of the first times I remember seeing him on screen. Um, yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. I think, uh, do you remember the Gary Gilmore story? I do. It was he a was TV movie. The Executioner's Song. Yeah. It was excellent, and he played Gilmore. Yeah. He was excellent. You're yeah. right. And that was an early, yes. a very early yeah. role for him, too. I remember that one. Uh, two things. Uh, Fugitive, probably top three movies for me of all time, and he won the Academy Award for it. And two, any of you guys um, see Ad Astra with him and Brad Pitt? You were talking about it. Yeah. And on your recommendation, I'm going to check it out. It's good. It, it, it's. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't find the ending very satisfying, but he's he's. They graduate high school, right? Yeah, and then they yeah. uh, they fly off in a car. <laughs> you guys saw it. You know how. Hence the space part. Space, yeah. yeah. And then they realize they have to put the top up you know because what? there's no air up there. You don't really need to see it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, uh, but he he still knocks it out of the park. Uh, all the way up to you know Captain America. And, yes. And, uh, oh, he's so good. Uh, I'm not kissing you. I love that. Scene. Uh, he's. Uh, I, I love when he, he he's trying to get uh, the German scientist. I forgot his name to uh, to eat the uh, uh, steak. He's got. Right. From. He's like, what is it made of? He's like, cow. <laughs> so, uh, he's 74 today. Tommy Lee Jones. Oliver Stone also turned 74. Exact same birth date uh, that uh, he has, shares with Tommy Lee Jones. He has a new memoir out about his early days of trying to get movies like Platoon and uh, uh, Salvador made. And uh, he's doing the, the interview circuit. Hopefully he'll be available to us. That would be great. Yes. Because um, he's had uh, he's had a very interesting run of some really cool movies. Well, he started also, before he was directing, he was like uh, the, the Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola story. He was scriptwriter and script doctor. So his name appears on a lot of films you may not know or all, no all of the Stone films. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 74 for him. Uh, actor Tom Hardy uh, is 43 today. Uh, he is a, uh, that guy can really morph into a character, man. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. Bane. I was just watching myself the other day over the weekend. <laughs> I was you? very good. What were you watching? I was watching the Batman. Oh, the Batman. And okay. then checking into the New World Order. You know what he's really good in? Um, Legend, where he plays the uh, Cray Brothers. Uh, mobsters oh, yeah, yeah. in the 60s. He told me about that. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he does such a good job. He's on screen with himself, you know, but you, you're you watching and you have to remind yourself it's the same actor playing both roles. Yeah. Thank uh, you. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> yes? I was going to say, he's been in a few movies that, like, you've never heard of, and then, like, they end up, like, I but just watched... you go to love them, don't you? Well, I just watched one where, I mean, the entire movie, he's just driving a car. He's driving a car for two hours, but... It is, yeah. and he was nominated for some awards, but it was like it's a British movie, so he's driving on the other side of the road. Uh, yeah, but, the uh, language problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, it, it was did you just, just say he's driving on the other side of the road? <laughs> yeah, so, you know. It was so hard to watch. He was uh, on the other side of the road. Was, I'm, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Am I watching this in a mirror? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, it was a weird movie, and it was just him like taking care of all of these problems on the phone. It's as sort, of a, sort of a character study. I, I saw yeah. the, the, the previews for it. Was it good? Uh, I I kept watching it. You okay. know, like it kept me in, engaged. I kept waiting for something to happen though. Right, and it did for him like, to run out of gas. Well, no, I was kind of waiting for him to like get in a car accident or right. something along those lines. Or go you to know? a drive through. Uh, yeah, uh, it's called Lock. Uh, Nick just looked it up. Yep. So L O C K E. Mm-hmm. So all right. Well, happy forty third to Tom Hardy, uh, Heidi Montag uh, from the Hills, legendary. She's thirty (laughs) four. Kind of uh, a Meryl Streep in her own right when it comes to reality television. Yeah, she very well could. Unbelievable, super talent. Uh, We have a royal birthday today. It's Prince Harry's birthday (laughs) today. Yes. Uh, so happy birthday to Happy Prince. birthday to me. Uh, he is third in line for the English throne, son of Prince Charles and Princess Diana. No, not, not anymore. He's not third. He, he got bumped way down because um, Prince William has three kids. And those three kids. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so they, so he's now oh, yeah. after George and William and whoever the other, Caroline? Go Zabbish! <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so he goes. He comes after William and uh, the other, and his wife's kids. Okay. Well, uh, he is uh, thirty-six years old. Unless today. we forget, I believe he is uh, in the military. He was a helicopter pilot. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll have some information on him and his lovely wife coming up in just a moment. Uh, Dan Marino turns fifty-nine. Also today. royalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, a star mm-hmm. of Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Yes. Yep. We and just then- watched that. I just showed that to Jace, and um, there are a couple scenes in there. I was like, oh. Like in the beginning, when he goes over to the one woman's house, he brings her her dog, and oh. she thanks him for yeah. coming over. Yeah, by, by and I was going, like, giving was, oral pleasures. Jace was like, "What's going on? What is he doing?" I was like, "Okay, well, we can just fast forward. This was a boring yeah, part. This is boring. <laughs> this is a boring uh, part. He's uh, she's giving him uh, oral sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just quick, and then and then I get yelled at. He's like, well, uh, "Why did you fast forward that?" I'm like, "It was a dumb part. Don't worry about he it." He doesn't even understand what's no. happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's not no oh, reason. Ace for- Ventura drops something, and she's giving him oral. Sex. Wait, and then the other question was at the end when um, she tucks and and uh, he rips her clothes off, uh-huh. and and then he turns her around and it's like in the back, and yeah. he's like, "I don't understand what's in her underwear." And I was like, uh-huh. "Well, oh, she pooped her pants." N- well, no, I I did explain <laughs> it, and I think to him, like he was like. What you can see that? If you That's put, interesting like, that he would ask you. Like I might right, as a right. kid, I may have just whatever. Yeah, you just glossed over. But he's very inquisitive, right? Yeah, yes, he's got to yes, be. Yes, very. I don't get that. I don't understand. <laughs> Is that, that a Hummer? <laughs> mm. That's his penis and yeah. testicles. <laughs> yeah, because he's a man. He's a man. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what he'll use in the act of intercourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Marino, fifty nine. Ret- <laughs> uh, Dina Lowen, mother of Lindsay. Oh, boy. She's uh, 58 years old today, and she's a, she's a wreck. A case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, she just she just had a DUI, did she not? I believe that was yeah. the case, yeah. It was um, a while back. Oh, okay. What? I thought she, maybe, was she engaged? Yeah, oh, yeah. that's it. For the person yeah. she hadn't met. Like, oh, she yeah. hadn't met yeah. And never met him. And that's yeah. what it they was. They believe she was being catfished. They've only, yeah, they've only had online correspondence. Right. right? Or, but um, she swears this, right. this guy's her soulmate. So no DUI. I, <clears throat> I retract that. Statement. I'm sure she has DUI somewhere. I've got a handful <laughs> of them. Yeah. Um, uh, actor Josh Charles. I was just talking about this guy with Casey the other day because he's in this uh, show with Hillary Swank called Away. It's on yes. Netflix right now. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at him, I know this guy, I know yeah. this guy, we watched a couple episodes, I've finally looked it up, and I remember him from Dead Poets Society, ah. played, played Knox Overstreet, a character in Dead Poets Society. He's also in The Good Wife. That is correct, and yeah. he was in the movie Hairspray, and he's, he's just one of those, he's one of those likable guys, yes. you know? Yes, good uh, character actor. Yeah, he's 49 today. 
And I bring up this person. I don't know who this person is, but I bring up his birthday simply because his name. Because his name is Dave Annabelle. Oh. Annabelle. That's right. <laughs> I thought you brought Annabelle. it up. Because he was in Brothers and Sisters, Uh-oh. and Kathy loved that show. Oh, my no. God. Do you remember Dave Annabelle from Brothers and Sisters, Kathy? Uh, I think I remember. Yep, I know exactly who he is. Annabelle. 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 Uh, Annabelle. Oh, you know who he's married to? He's married to, um, uh, from Supergirl, the, uh, well, you wouldn't know her, but yep. she's an actress. You know, she's in Cloverfield, Preston. She's the she's the main love interest in Cloverfield. Oh, my God. She's stunning. Yes. She's gorgeous. Uh, I think was a character's name Beth in that yes. movie. Okay. Wow. I didn't know she was still acting. Yay. Her name is Odette Annabelle. 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 <laughs> Annabelle. Annabelle. And Annabelle is her husband. Odette Annabelle and Dave Annabelle. 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 <laughs> Annabelle. Dave's the, You know who those are. Those are the Annabelles. <laughs> Annabelle. <laughs> Just keep it going, man. <laughs> Annabelle's your table already. <laughs> table for the Annabelle's. People don't find that funny. Uh, <laughs> never not find it funny. It's always funny. It's always All right. Funny. Let's see if we can get an answer <laughs> to our stupid question. Uh, what company uh, had the slogan at one time, we bring good things to life? 215263WMMR. We're going to go to Justin for the answer. Yo, Justin, good morning, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you the regular Saturday night thing? I love it. Justin, what company are we talking about? It's uh, GE. GE. Yeah. General Electric. Do you know their new slogan? Uh-uh. You a idiot. You a idiot. <laughs> Hang on a second, Justin. We're going to get your information. You got yourself Carlo Pass. We're up to four people to see Nate Bergatz, who is going to be... Bergatzi. <laughs> Bergatzi, Sorry. At the Circle Drive-In Theater in Scranton on Thursday, September 24th. Oh, yeah. Tickets are on sale now at (laughs) Ticketmaster.com. So congratulations. All right. Uh, Let's get into some of the entertainment stories. We're going to start with this, and it's uh, uh, sad news. Chadwick Boseman was laid to rest in his hometown of South Carolina, uh, in South Carolina, uh, six days after he had passed. According to People Magazine, the Black Panther star was buried uh, on September 3rd at Welfare Baptist Church Cemetery in Belton, South Carolina. Uh, if he was buried on the 3rd, I don't know why we're just getting... Maybe it was the 13th. I think that's a typo. Uh, meanwhile, the actor's hometown honored him with a screening of Black Panther and memorial that was held at an outdoor amphitheater. James Brown's daughter, Deanna Brown Thomas, spoke at the event, referring to Bozeman as the epitome of black excellence. He had played James Brown... In the 2014 film Get On Up, and man, was he fantastic as James Brown. So they were running a number of his films, and I watched it again, and you're right. He's so good, and just in his, um, so beyond the stage stuff, which is him, he's doing all those moves. They clearly taught him how to do all that stuff, which is demanding in and of itself. Yeah. But just in the asides and the casual conversation is James Brown. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Anderson Mayor Terrence Roberts said about Bozeman, you know, he was always reading and always trying to get better. So from a work ethic point of view, it just doesn't happen overnight. He showed us that we've got to hone our skills and just persevere. Earlier this month, the spokesperson for the Anderson Mayor's office told TMZ that the town is already working on a a permanent memorial uh, to honor Bozeman. And of course, he was only 43 years old. Uh, first, the Batman, now midnight in the switchgrass. While Hollywood productions have put precautions in place, they aren't always foolproof, and COVID 
has managed to make its way onto sets. The latest victim is Midnight in the Switch class, Switch Crass, uh, starring Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. I didn't know they were working on a project. Neither together. did I. No. Which shut down production after starting up again in July. Reps tell TMZ that the two people that two people had tested positive for COVID and were quarantined, and out of an abundance of caution, production was halted. Is this the sequel to when you're lying in grass and your nuts hit your ass? Uh, maybe that. It's okay. a rupture. Yeah. Uh, director Randall Emmett hopes to restart the Santa, uh, in Santa Barbara in a few weeks with even stricter precautions. So I heard that on the Batman, it was Rob Pattinson himself who tested positive. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not sure that's the case. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Megan Fox's ex, Brian Austin Green, appears to be responding to his other ex, Vanessa Marcel's recent shade thrown at him and praise for Megan. I, I I had no idea. Here's a guy who has more X's than, like, uh, there's a new X popping up every week. On Friday, Marcel had posted a throwback of herself in green, showing her pregnancy with their 18-year-old son, uh, Cassius. God, she must have been huge if she had an 18-year-old baby. No, I think it was, uh, he's now 18. Oh, okay. In the post comments section, she said that she never loved him. Oh, that's wonderful. And wow. claimed... Wow. That was uh, part of his anger towards me and the reason why he fought me for so long My over dear son. I never loved you. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the birth of our child born out of love. And then she, write, love. she wrote, uh, I did, however, feel sorry for him, and I still do. He's a very angry slash sad human being huh. who still has too much shame to take full responsibility for his actions as a father. Oh. Uh, I consciously knew that I could work through childhood traumas through him, and I have. I have great empathy towards him and other people who are still in pain from their childhoods. Why did she write these things? Did somebody ask her about her she relationship with She works for her, his PR firm, Nick. Okay. So. <laughs> no, this is, she just posted this. I think it's in so, yeah, just wow. out of the blue and in response and in of support of Megan Fox. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, I actually, when this came back up, I remembered this all happening and there was a question about whether he was the father of the child. And and so I, I guess he's been pretty much out of the child's life. Uh, she also said... Child, had, he's 18 years old for Christ's sake at this point. She had respect for Fox. She said she's finally living her life for herself and leaving her children out of her public life at this young age. Uh, Green wrote, just because uh, you lost me... or So he, he responded saying, just because you lost me as a friend doesn't mean you gained me as an enemy. I am bigger than that. I still want to see you eat... Just not at my table. Hmm. Huh. What? In the original post, she doesn't even <clears throat> refer to him by name. She just refers to him as Cass's dad. That's oh, like, the son's right. name is Cassius. Okay. So yeah, and she it was a September 11th post, and so she was remembering September 11th because she was pregnant with him at the time, with the baby at the time, and uh, Cass's dad, who was Brian Austin Green, mm. was driving her to the airport. So but, uh, wow. besides the attacks, there was a bigger story. Well, My yeah. relationship with Brian Austin Green. It's an odd thing to air over social media. Oh, I, I, I completely know. agree. Yeah, it also though shows you how enclosed in that bubble these people are. That they all some. You talk about six degrees of Kevin Bacon. They all seem to have six degrees of all of each other, you know, yeah. as far as dating. And it's right. ridiculous. Right. Why don't you drive 50 miles away for once? Yeah. Uh, so Dancing with the Stars kicked off its season last night with a new host and a number of changes as the ABC show, show uh, sought to uh, fit coronavirus protocols into its routine. I watched the opening. I watched the beginning of it. I did as well. I, I watched I watched a good portion of it. Yeah, I okay. watched most of it as well. Yeah. And I think that she, um, uh, what's her name, the host, the new host? Tyra. Uh, Tyra yeah, she, they, they toned her down. 
They did. I still find her annoying, but they did tone her down, and and she, um, I can't she, help it. Listen, nobody's going to replace Tom Bergeron. Like I think he's just he's so slick and so he's good. So good. Yeah. No one is going yeah. to. You can't compare to him. Um, unfortunately, he's gone. I, I thought she did an okay job. I was watching her a lot. There were a few, a couple times where she was like. You know, kind of about me a little bit. Yeah. Well, and she was you, like, well, I, had oh, to girl. Cha- I had to change out of my dress. I wasn't going to wear that all, you know, the whole, the whole time. And I'm like, okay, this isn't no, about you. No Keep one going. asked you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm she's gonna... doing the job of two people, too. So she's right. doing Aaron Andrews' job yeah. and Bergeron's Which, job. And then way, she's they... working the cameras, too. I don't know if you saw, but she'd actually <laughs> run off camera yeah. and then turn it towards Bruno. <laughs> and they go running back. But I they mean, were... because obviously in COVID, you got to be careful. Yeah. They didn't need both of them. Like, one is enough. I thought it was plenty. Okay. Yeah. They didn't right. they don't need all that. It's this, too much. The, it, Preston, did you like this the set the design set looked like one of the nacelles on the Enterprise? Yeah, you know, the, yeah it was pretty it was bizarre. It was pretty cool looking. It did look I cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, I'll get to the the Carol Baskin details because there were a couple things that happened. But uh, the when I bailed out was the moment they showed her and she put her hands up like claws <laughs> and, and was going eh, like Tiger. T-. I'm well, like I'm gone. Oh. Yeah. Well, that was all- I, I, I got what I got out of it, which was to watch the hot professional dancers come out and, uh-huh. and yeah. show off those skimpy outfits because oh, they're man. stunning. But, you know, uh, just. Works of perfection. Their bodies are in incredible shape, and they're very, very sexy women. And and uh, I, I, as a man, I like that. Yes. So anyhow, they yeah. told her to do that, though, right? They probably. Well, it was I'm sure. It was, I'm her, sure. it was through her entire dance. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. she was she was just prepping for her dance. And Kathy, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I had no idea how huge she is. She's a large, she's tall, right? Yeah, she's she, oh. very yeah, tall. She is tall. Well, yeah. you know what, though? Those dancers are, a lot of them are short, so right, right. Yeah, maybe they are she's pretty not, tiny. yeah, maybe yeah. she's not as tall as we But think. anyhow, uh, so Tyra took over as host after the producers opted to replace longtime stable Tom Bergeron. Derek Hoff also sat in as a judge for Len Goodman, who appeared briefly via remote uh, with the explanation that Goodman was able to travel to the U.S. from London, to, or wasn't able uh, to travel uh, to London from London because of COVID nineteen restrictions. Uh, the set had a new look, as Steve was mentioning. So the judges are socially distanced. The contestants are watching from an elevated platform above. Uh, the centerpiece among the contestants was, of course, Carol Baskin, and she danced to "I Have a Tiger" from Survivor. <laughs> she got the lowest score of the night from the judges. Yeah, uh, Disney Channel star Sky Jackson and One Day at a Time uh, star Justina Mikado uh, had tied for first. Meanwhile, the family of Baskin's missing husband made a plea for help just as she hit the dance floor. In a commercial, I believe we have some audio, that aired during the premiere, Don Lewis's three daughters, Gail, Linda, and Donna, as well as her former assistant, Anne, asked those with information regarding his disappearance to come forward. This was wild. They actually purchased commercial time, ran a commercial during Dancing with the Stars. What? Uh, Their lawyer was in the commercial as well. So we have audio. Oh, my God. Here we go. I'm Donna. I'm Don Lewis's oldest daughter. We need to know what happened to our father. Don Lewis mysteriously disappeared in 1997. His family deserves answers. They deserve justice. Do you know who did this or if Carol Baskin was involved? A $100,000 reward has been funded. You can call the tip line at 646-450-6530. Or call our office at 800 Litigate. That's ballsy, wow. man. That is, yeah, is ballsy. Yeah. And that's so, and uh, by the way, not cheap. Now, yeah, you're right. if you're the producer of Dancing with the Stars, you're like, Awesome. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Amazing short thing. Yeah. We'll run Oh, this. my God. Yeah, and even all the, the uh, 
uh, the other advertisers who are buying advertising yeah. time because now aren't you going to watch the commercial breaks? To yeah, see if another, commercial? Uh, another one pops yeah. yeah. up. Hell yes, they yeah. prettied up his family. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, oh, wow. they, they they brought out a bowl of teeth and handed them out. The... <laughs> they did. Wow, wasn't there controversy before? Was it over? Uh... Oh, that swimmer, that idiot, uh, Ryan Lochte. Ryan Lochte. Wasn't there like controversy over that guy? Was that just? Was that? Yeah, yeah there was. They, listen, they they do access. They, you know, they had Sean sure. Spicer. They've had people who've, who've been coming off. You no know, one con- that fed yeah. their loved one to a tiger. Right. No one. No one who can be found <laughs> whose ex can be found in the poop yeah. of a tiger. That's yeah. a new one. Yeah. yeah. Suspicion of potential murder yeah. by yeah. leading to an animal. I mean, and honestly, uh, they haven't had that yet. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So anyhow, it's back. And there you go. That was the first night of it. Do we get format. the? Uh, did the clips come over of the? Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear a clip of the uh, of the the judges reacting to or her her intro? Sure. Yeah. Here we Which go. Which one do you want? This is the do judge. The, do the intro. Okay. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Oh, <laughs> We've heard it. That's enough. <laughs> all right. Cool. My life got turned upside down by the documentary Tiger King. If somebody had told me last year that I was going to be on season 29, Dancing with the Stars, I would have laughed out loud. (laughs) I have absolutely zero dance experience. I need to get in tip-top cat fighting shape. I've been practicing, practicing, practicing. I've been using virtual reality to try and firm up everything. Isn't it fun? It's so fun. Bye, Howie. Don't go. All righty. Uh, virtual reality means watching YouTube videos. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, and then we have their judges' reactions. Yeah. Is that what we're doing? Right. Okay, here we go. Summer dreams are coming true. You know I'm a crazy cat lady, but here I am standing before the ultimate crazy cat lady. I love you, and I love the connection that you guys have when you dance. Carol Baskin just danced the Paso Doble to Eye of the Tiger, everyone. I'm still <laughs> gathering Hello. myself. Carol, what I love most is you did not hold back. You went full out, and I know this is very new for you. That was fantastic. I love the way you guys met eyes, that contact. We could work on dropping your shoulders and some technical issues, but other than that, I really Derek. Carol Baskin. You danced that, Paso. You smashed it. Well done. You smashed it. Let's go. You took a smash. I see you. First of all, my darling, my darling, first of all, obviously, I commend you for being out here dancing. What you just did, it was, you know, well done. The shoulders definitely hunched over like so. And I know they were going for the tiger theme, but sometimes it got a little bit in this this place. But listen. I loved it. You know what? You're here and you're doing it. Well done. All right, Bruno. Bruno's Carol, my darling. You use those clothes all the time. I thought she was going to dislocate her shoulder, but I'm sorry. You know me. I call it as I see it. For me, you didn't quite kill the Paso Doble. It was, it was kind of sedated. Okay. You didn't quite yeah. kill it. No. Like, yeah, 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 Like you yeah. killed your like husband. husband. Yeah. You know the way you killed your husband? It's the way you should have killed this dance. We want to see the energy come out in the poop of the tiger. Much the same way your ex-husband came out in the poop of the tiger that you fed him to once you ground him up in the wood chipper. But thank you. It's great to have you on the show. So I guess they they had to lead with Eye the Tiger because she might not get another chance. Exactly. Exactly. No, we'll wait for the fifth episode. Yeah, Yeah, right, right, right. right. Uh She, I mean, she did go for it though. Like she tried. I haven't watched the show in years, and I will will say that everybody, all the celebrities, I mean, they 
there's no holding back anymore. Right. Like, they actually are, it looks like they're all trying to win. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll see. But is only she... one has murdered their husband. Yeah, right. we'll see exactly. if she moves forward or not. Uh, the royal family not happy about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's multi-million dollar deal with uh, Netflix, according to Entertainment Tonight. The projects will include scripted series, docu-series, documentaries, features, and children's programming. Uh, the deal worth an estimated $100 million has given them financial freedom and allowed them to repay U.K. taxpayers for costly upgrades that were done to uh, Frogmore Cottage. They're working on a show called Ye Gads, The Floor is Corrosive Acid. Uh, but the Queen and others are reportedly miffed because they initially agreed to a one-year review period following their official exit from senior royal duties uh-huh. in January. Uh-huh. Some right. members are also reportedly worried that the project could be a distraction from other charitable initiatives put in place by other senior royals. There's no way they could wait on a $100 million deal, though. No, man. You no. Gotta, you got to jump on that. I think they're going to be swept. I think they're going to, the main focus of a lot of what they do is going to be part of this Hollywood scene. They seem enamored of it. She certainly mm-hmm. is. And that's where they're going. Meanwhile, details about the first project uh, for the streamer are emerging. Megan is reportedly pitching a documentary about Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Coolers. Uh, the Duchess hopes to produce a documentary after being blown away by the incredible work that Patrice has done. So they are getting started on that. Uh, Bar Raffaele, the uh, model, yes. has been sentenced to nine months community service for tax evasion. From the, Israel, that's right, Israel. Yes, yeah. the 35-year-old supermodel reached a plea deal over the long-running investigation into allegations of tax evasion and false tax reporting in June. And on Sunday, the Tel Aviv Magistrate's Court Upheld the sentence previously agreed, which will also see uh, her mother, uh, Zippy. Zippy is uh, her mother? It starts with a T. It's T-Z-I-P-I. Okay. So I'm assuming the T is silent or it's to Zippy. The only other Zippy I know is Zippy the Chimp. Uh, Zippy jailed for 16 months. Barr will report to her for her community service on the 21st September, same day that uh, Zippy will go to prison. <laughs> That's it. In fact, that was a movie. Zippy, Zippy goes, goes to, to prison. prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. In court, the judge noted that she had taken into consideration my cellmate's a monkey. Uh, the pair's contribution <laughs> contribution to society, the fact that uh, Barr has three children and Zippy has a medical condition. That's the second movie. Yeah, Zippy has, has a medical, medical condition. condition. And also the... Zippy, I have to inform you, you have a medical condition. The pattern that in many cases, tax offenders have no previous criminal record. She ruled, I have concluded that this is an overall punishment which is reasonable. Well, this is the third movie then. Zippy gets audited. Uh, the family required to pay, was required to pay any outstanding taxes that are ruled to be due, as well as $1.4 million in fines. So Bar Raphael was a DiCaprio girlfriend yes. for a while. Yes. She also had one of those, I think there was a uh, uh, passenger jet, a 707, that had her image on the side of it when she was a Sports Illustrated model. Uh, she was a host of X Factor Israel as well. Huh. So she is, uh, yeah, she's a media personality or she's, you know, uh, she, she knows makes a lot of money and she's uh, she's daughter of Zippy. Daughter of Zippy. Ashley Graham is showering, uh, showering some special TLC on her stretch marks. Oh. The supermodel welcomed her son Isaac nine months ago and to celebrate the miracle of birth, stretch marks and all. She shared a video of her turning her stretch marks into a 3D heart with her hands. She captioned it with a simple rainbow of heart emojis. Wait, what? Uh, the oh. body-positive curvy model has long celebrated her body, including... With nude photos in V Magazine that showed off stretch marks, and she credits her mom with her self-love. And look, I made a replica of the Devil's Tower with my poop. 
Huh. That's gross. You didn't need to. She said, I remember my first signs of cellulite in middle school. And I remember telling my mom, isn't it disgusting? It's so ugly. And she pulled her pants down and said, look, I have it too. Um, and I was like, gasp. Mom, could you wait till we've got home? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you didn't have to do that yeah, here. Not right here in Costco. Uh, she said she looked at me, then at it, and just rolled her eyes. Graham told the magazine she didn't tell me that it's beautiful or ugly. She just made it a non-issue. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. right. Is that her husband, by the way, Nick? I believe so. That she's she's married to a dude who's in phenomenal shape. Yeah. By the way, so yeah. she's she's got that curvy Botticelli ass body. She's yeah. great. She's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here to celebrate the Fresh Prince of Bel Air's 30th anniversary. HBO Max is getting the cast together for a reunion. And star Will Smith shared that Airbnb is offering up the iconic mansion for a stay. And it's cheap, right? Uh, you know what? I don't know the I price. I think it's like Steve. 30 bucks a night, Preston. Uh, he yeah. wrote on Instagram along with a shot of himself and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yo, y'all think we should rent out the Fresh Prince house? We're making it happen with the squad at Airbnb. Yeah. Uh, to stay, the stay is available for a limited time for L.A. County residents. Marissa just told me that it's thirty bucks, and I guess all the proceeds go to the Philadelphia Boys and Girls Club. That's correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's cool. <clears throat> I wonder how big the house is because obviously, when you saw the the, it looks like it's a decent size. Yeah. Would would it's you know, would it qualify as full blown Bel Air mansion at this point? Uh, I don't know. I mean, sometimes they're deceiving. It's really yeah. hard to tell yeah. from the from the front how big a home is. Yeah, and, that's uh, all you see is the front. You don't get to see anything else. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. The much-anticipated Friends reunion on HBO Max may have hit a snag. Lisa Kudrow revealed that the host was set to be Ellen DeGeneres, oh. who is currently weathering a serious scandal. Uh-oh. Uh, her show is in... How about Harvey Weinstein? ...being investigated <laughs> for a toxic workplace. Uh, Ellen will allegedly address the scandal when her show returns on September 21st, so I don't know what the story is exactly. I tell you what, I'm hearing all this HBO Max stuff that I desperately want to see, so speed it up. Yeah. I want to see this stuff that they're talking about. Uh, for the first episode of the Drew Barrymore show, the host pulled out all the stops and she recruited Adam Sandler, her buddy and co-star of many films, including 51st States, to come out on the show and do a faux reboot of the films. Uh, and they, it's funny. They went into character. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have some of Adam uh, doing this. Here we go. Hi, Lucy. Good morning. It's me, Henry. We are on, I think, about our 5,000th date together. It's been great. I want to catch you up. You have a thing called amnesia, and I am your husband. We have a, a daughter. She's about 40 now or something like that. <laughs> what? It's 2020, and we're also in the middle of a pandemic, which is a terrible thing. Baseball games are now being played in front of cardboard people. Sounds kind of like you're making this up. True. In all seriousness, though, I want to just tell you this. I could honestly be more excited for you. You uh, have your own show now. I can't think of any endeavor I'd ever want to do without you, Adam. So thanks, and I love you. Is it, is it a good movie? I've never I never seen it. I like it. It's, it's cute. It's cute. Yeah. It, it, you know, they do rom-coms yeah. really I mean, well. The wedding and as singer, a pairing, they're really good. Yeah, The Wedding Singer, I absolutely yeah. adore. I actually was just thinking about that the other day. I wouldn't mind seeing a follow-up, like, because that was obviously set in the 80s. Right, right. Yeah. Maybe the 90s version of them as parents. But, I mean, so, you know, they, they've, when you talk about chemistry, they yeah. have it together on yep. screen. 
Yep. Uh, she also brought out uh, Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu for a Charlie's uh-huh. Angel reunion as well. She said, I couldn't begin this journey without two women who have been a part of my heart for over 20 years. Uh, we are friends and we are fellow angels. So she did that as well, which is nice. Uh, all right. Um, I think we should get on into the clips. All right. Comic Jack Whitehall encounters silly and awkward situations as he travels around the world with his dad in Travels with My Father. And in this clip, Jack discusses what it took to convince his father to do the show. And here we go. I think I got him a little drunk and just threw it out there and and saw how it went. And he took a little bit of persuading. He, I think he liked the idea of doing a travel log and going like backpacking. But his suggestions for where we went backpacking were ludicrous. Like, you know, we could go to the south of France. And I was like, that's not really where people go and travel. <laughs> that's just a holiday. So getting him to go to Southeast Asia, that was the big hurdle. It's not- Uh, Travels of My Father is streaming now on Netflix. Here's your next clip. Kevin Hart and his wife challenge other celebrities to a bunch of silly virtual games in Celebrity Game Face. In this clip, Kevin discusses how the show came about. It was pretty much an idea that stemmed from people being at home and... The need for content was high. Everybody wanted to see something. I mean, we're in our houses and pretty much nothing to do. And we ran through the TV that was on pretty quick. So what was going to be the news? So the concept of creating this virtual game show with other celebrities was a a thought that became a reality. Uh, Celebrity Game Face airs Thursday night. That's 10 o'clock and you can see it on E. And uh, that's it. That's your entertainment report for today friends couple of things jim brewer joining us he's going to be performing at uh, circle drive-in in scranton and that's on september 26th so we will have uh him on around nine o'clock so we gave away some tickets last week there are tickets that are available for that we also have a tad tuesday so it's your chance to win some free ink from an outstanding uh tattoo studio floating world tattoo and piercing they're at 1729 south street in philadelphia casey and i were looking at some of the artwork this morning so good stuff amazing stuff yeah oh. actually so if you want a preston and steve themed tattoo nice. for free it's a 350 dollars gift certificate just text the word tattoo to 39333 and you might be chosen randomly to win that today we'll take a break we'll come back in a moment stay with us Hey gang, it's safe to say we've never seen anything quite like 2020. Challenging, uncertain, unprecedented. Go ahead, pick an adjective, any adjective. We'll wait. We've been through a lot, probably with more to come, but we've stuck together like Philly always does. It's pretty easy to feel helpless, but there are a few things we can do. Like social distancing, avoiding large crowds, and wearing a mask when you're out in public. It might seem like a pain, but it's nothing compared to what some people are dealing with. So let's do the things we can do while we have to, and we'll get this great city and great country back to normal. A message from your friends at 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. There are a lot of studies that are done all the time. And you know what? Most of those studies filter through an establishment known as the Just Saying Institute. The Just Saying Institute. The newly expanded campus now over 1,000 acres. Featuring a chariot track. Wow. And the brand new Bundt Cake Museum. <laughs> 
Nick Murphy is uh, traveling right now to see some uh, family, and uh, he sent me a picture yesterday, and it was in West Virginia, and it was a, and I've been through this town before, but I, I didn't realize he said the home of the Just Saying Institute, and it was Weston, Virginia. Oh, there you go. Yes. Uh, so, or was it West Virginia? Weston, West Virginia, or Weston, yeah. Virginia? Yeah, Weston, West Virginia. It, West Virginia, Isn't that yeah. Wheeling, Weston, Virginia? The uh... Yeah, so anyhow, uh, the Bill Weston wing of the Just Saying Institute. Sure. Uh, so, flirting. One of those things, it can be a little hard to read, and there really hasn't been much scientific research on it, but University of Kansas researchers have now found that internal states, including being romantically or sexually interested in someone, can be conveyed to others non-verbally through facial expressions. Oh, well, we're F now because everyone's wearing masks. Uh, yeah, it'd be a little bit harder yeah, to tell. Yeah, your, your flirt game has been dramatically reduced. I, I would agree. Uh, in other words, it says flirting works. But yeah, haven't we known this already? You can give someone or receive a look that is... You can you can get a pretty good idea of what the intent may be. Let me ask you how how would you assess your flirt game prior to or even now you fl- I flirt with my wife you flirt I flirt with your wife no the the uh, how is your flirt capability? Um, I, I I've always been disappointed in my own flirt game. Uh, I, I think I'm I'm great with women. I'm great talking to women. I've always, I've never had an issue you know mm-hmm. um, meeting or, or dating or whatever throughout my life. I don't know how um, adroit my flirting game would be. Yeah, well, this is... I, and I think this is essentially just uh, without saying anything. Without though. saying anything. Playful, I usually unzip. Playful flirtation <laughs> is, is fun, and I'm, I, I think I'm pretty good at that. Sure, you know, like but, a knowing wink. But to flash someone a look. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's... Um, Kathy just vomited. I, gave, I, know, I gave her a look. I decided to throw her a look. That's, right there. She, she that's your flirting. No, right? it is not. It was no. That's a no. no. I was suppressing a fart. <laughs> joking. I was suppressing a fart. Flirting was my thing. That was like, I'd flirt all the way to, like, the front door and then go home. Oh, you're a tease. That's, that's not flirting. That's teasing. Yeah. 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 Sounds about right, though. So what, in, in, in a, and there's different levels, obviously, just as you said, the casual look, the conversation, you know, the, the flirting conversation, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, you can, know what, it's, it's interesting, though. The data shows that women are more effective than others in effectively conveying flirtatious Facial cues, right. while some men are better at recognizing these cues. Also, men were able to identify unique expressions as being flirtatious and differentiate from other similar facial expressions, such as smiling. But what it doesn't uh, explain in this study is if this is along with conversation or is it just a that's look from the, across the that's room? That's the key. So, because w- I, I, I know cues that like. When, when a like if a, if a girl would would push her hair behind her ear and tilt her head when she was talking to you, yes, there are a couple things that I would look for. I would I wouldn't immediately disrobe if I saw these, but I but I would say, um, oh, okay, maybe the conversation or maybe this communication has entered another level. Yeah, and and I would look for visual cues. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And I love it when people are oblivious to that, and you'll see this a lot in movies, and they'll go, dude, she was. Yeah, she was all over you, uh-huh. and and they have. What are you talking about? I don't know. No, and and other people can pick up on those cues and point out to somebody, dude, she's interested in you. I can tell. I remember the the, the a girl who was hardcore coming after me he, when I was just maybe thirteen, you know, thirteen, fourteen, and um and 
I didn't know, you know. You know what that was all about? Yes, and yeah. people were telling me, no, no, and you, mm-hmm. you're, you're not, and you're, you're embarrassed and you don't know how to process it, you know, and then even still it took a while to get used to, really? Really, yeah. me? yeah. Uh, the scientists say that after identifying the most recognized expressions of flirting, it can be a tool that sometimes clueless men can utilize in their quest about determining whether or not a woman is flirting with them or not. I think there a, a woman is more uh, capable of flirting. A guy can quickly enter creepy yes. uh, masher stage. Oh, yeah. And and you've got to be careful of that. Yeah, because if a, I think from from a male perspective... If a woman is flirting with you, even if it's somebody you're not interested in, right. it's still kind of fun. It's fun, you know it's I mean? flattering, and it, yes, and uh, it's, it's innocuous. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, uh, ladies, uh, if you can uh, comment on this, Kathy, if a guy is flirting with you and you're not interested, <laughs> even on a fun level, it can be, you know what, what I mean? Creepy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it can definitely be creepy, sure. Okay, all right. But, I mean, I, I didn't, I also didn't, I never minded it. You know what I mean? Like, if... Even if it just sparked up a conversation and there was, you know, uh, on my end, no intentions of anything. Like, it's still, I don't know, nice to just talk to somebody and have somebody interested in you. Like, if a guy lowered down a, a flower in the basket into that hole in well, his Well, listen, no, there, but there, there is, like, a fine line of when it does turn over to creepy and you're like, or if you give the cues where, like, that was nice, now I'm finished. Right. <laughs> Again, that is a huge mistake the guys make. Learn You've got to learn to recognize the signs. The same signs that you're saying, okay, this is part of an, uh, this is, we have initiated flirtation. When that, when the woman decides, it's all in your hands, honestly, in this case. I think, right? I mean, yeah. you can't. But there's a point where, right, Preston, wasn't it with you? Didn't you have to, like, go back over and over before Rochelle said yes? Like, there is a, yeah. you know, there is a point, too, where, like, you do want to, encur- like, you, you, you should keep. You don't want to get into restraining order level. Yeah. Right, right. Right, no, so you, you, right. You, you, but, but, yes. Don't that... climb in up a tree and through her window. Right. <laughs> so, let me ask you, Press. You <laughs> got, as you were. As some might as do. she looks at uh, Something, uh, you, Nick. Yeah, some you things were... can be left in the past. <laughs> you were dismissed at first by your now wife yeah. and but there was something about her body language and the way she um acted with you that kept you coming back thinking okay she's saying one thing but i know she wants oh it. she <laughs> will be mine yeah no she no so, wants it. no i i didn't stalk her so so yeah. I, I i asked her out it was healthy yeah i, I saying, asked yeah. her out she told me no and then over like two years I would just I ran into her a couple mm. times, completely out of the blue, and hey, oh yeah, I remember you, blah blah blah, this and that, and then it was like finally, and I and I just each time I had seen her, I'm like, man, like uh, I didn't have the yeah. balls to ask her out again, oh. but like uh, like two years later, I was drunk. <laughs> that I'm going for it, man. <laughs> regular Saturday night. Thing, that baby. was in Missouri, by the way. Yeah, you're right. The double deuce. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So yeah. So I eventually, you know, I, I I kind of just gave her my phone. No, and you did it. And I think also there's if you watch it like on the Goldbergs, like uh, my life revolves around the Goldbergs. Apparently, I reference a lot. But Lainey and uh, um, Barry have that sort of he's persistent in, and she's saying no, but laying visual signs Man, right. that. I, I'm rebuffing you now, but keep at it. We'll yeah. see how we'll see how it proceeds. It's a it's a, it's a it's a bit of a tightrope that you walk. If yeah, you're going to stay 
persistent because persistent yeah. can could end up in handcuffs. It's a stalker yeah, very yeah, yeah. easily, and you got to know when to go, all right, yeah. I'm, I'm, this is not going anywhere. Yes, you, need, you, you need to go out that window. <laughs> uh, we have an anonymous caller. Somebody make up a name for this anonymous caller. Uh, uh, Beavis. All right. Hi, Beavis. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, bud? Well, you know, and I'm going to say before I say this, it's not so much anymore because I'm older and I have a lot more respect for women, but when I was younger... You know, you can just look at a person and tell whether or not you guys are just going to have some crazy wild sex that night. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, sure, no. Like, it's like a superpower. It's a gift. <laughs> so that's, as, as far as if you were an X-Man, you would be, that would be your power to determine immediately whether you were getting lucky. Steve, his name would be Pud. Yeah, yeah. Pud. Hey, Beavis. <laughs> the uh, Pud. Uh, are you or, or were you back in the day an attractive man? Yeah, I was. I consider myself still an attractive man, you know what I mean? Okay. But yeah, so I we don't, don't know what that's like. No, <laughs> yeah, it's true, but, but I don't think it's absurd because we, we've, I think, at all different levels, Case, I mean, you you can... Yeah, but we've, like... We've all had experiences where you're like, okay, I I could pursue this easily. Yeah, yeah but I've never had that... There's somebody for everybody. There's somebody, yeah. yeah. I've never I'm had saying, the confidence I'm that Beavis you're has. At a bar. I'm saying you're at a bar and you look across the room and you just make eye contact and you're like, you know what? It's going to be a goddamn good night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, Beavis, I, I never had that. But my buddy did. Like, dude, he every it was like I, I, for him, I, anytime he went out, somebody would throw themselves I'm out. I'm gonna argue oh, yeah. this point. Yeah. I over the course of years on this show, women dig you, Casey. Yeah, well, listen, that's just because I'm uh on the radio. No. Um <laughs> no, but like listen before ten years, so that's probably why. Yeah, Casey, well, you're in the military for thanks, ten years. Buddy. Okay. Listen, oh, he was, I'm telling he you from my years of experience of, you know, going to bars and parties and all this sort of stuff and being next to the guy who was attractive and handsome. Right. I mean, it, it just never happened for me. Right. Like the, when Could I got you lucky, get a date for my friend, Casey, <laughs> it was end of the night, like college, like. Looking okay, let's do this again. <laughs> yeah, the you last know? one. Yeah, yeah. Let me pose a hypothetical to you. Would your would your approach or your confidence be different now? Say say you were to become single. Um, I mean, hmm. remove remove the marriage and, and all the the obvious realities of it. Maybe maybe a little bit more, just because I have uh, more like hindsight now, and uh, experience, and, and experience. I, I think just general confidence that but, that uh, breeds all sorts of. Oh yeah, you are more self possessed. There's a moment, you exude man. that. That's attractive to people. Uh, listen, we, we are. Um, we are what we are, and and so uh, if women find us attractive, uh, God love them. But it, when when it happens, when there is that moment of flirtation, and they look at you, and you see that in their eyes, like the, like Beavis was describing, there is a palpable feeling in your gut, and you're like, oh, I actually have a chance here. Well, yes. that and that is that is throughout our our genetic history, you know, as oh. I need to act on this to perpetuate the species. Yeah. Like, like yeah. it goes all the way back to that. Is I cannot miss this opportunity. You know, it's funny because with my wife, I was not my wife's type. She was not my type. And then we literally over just working in in proximity, and and it worked in the most organic way <laughs> until we were like, hey, oh yeah, hey, yeah. I like this mixture, <laughs> right. and and uh, and it it worked. So you know, it's it's a bizarre thing. There's no hard and fast rule. But like my wife will look at pictures of me back in the day, like high school pictures, and she'll go, I don't, I don't get it. Like, why didn't you're so cute? Like, yeah. not you're hot. You know what happened? <laughs> yeah. But no, I just did, you know I didn't like get chicks. You know, it yeah. just wasn't a thing that that happened for me. Doesn't so, your you mind know? go to like? 
where were you then? Yeah. Like, why weren't you around back then to make me feel that way? Oh, yeah. It's like the, the arsenal of a comic book and sci-fi hot nerd women now. Who are yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, that did not exist years ago. Mm. Uh, so, anyhow, women apparently are better at uh, conveying flirtatious facial cues. So, uh, work, on like your, work on your facials, guys. <laughs> They're just saying institute. <laughs> All right, let me see what else here. Their new Bundt Cake Museum open on weekends. It's open on the weekends? Wow, okay. It's a soft opening. Uh, Let's see here. (laughs) How about we move on to this? A study finds that people who showed disagreeable personality traits were not more likely to have achieved success than their more agreeable counterparts 14 years later. This is under the misconception that... You have to be aggressive and a, yeah. and a shark and, to get ahead. And being a bit of a jerk right. on occasion to you, get ahead you of can, work. You can do the same by being affable, amiable, and sakiable. Or better. Uh, University of California researchers note <laughs> that in news media and pop culture, the crueler traits of successful CEOs, such as Steve Jobs, have been focused on, which has added to the belief that nice, by, nice people finish last. Wait, Steve Jobs was cruel? Steve Jobs, he was cold, and he had some quirky things about him, and he was, yes, uh, he he was known to be a a difficult individual. He was a genius, but... Right. Mm -hmm. In that that dynamic, Steve Wozniak, who was his sort of... He was the nicer He was the nicer. Mm -hmm. Now, Steve Jobs had his nicer moments, but he was also the one who could say, uh, we don't need you anymore. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, lead study author Cameron Anderson adds disagreeableness is a personality dimension that involves the tendency to behave in quarrelsome, callous, and selfish ways. In short, it involves being a jerk. They also found that disagreeableness is a stable personality trait, meaning people tend to stay that way through their lives. Uh, Anderson adds that when jerks end up in positions of power, they, they stay can, jerks. They can cause considerable damage to an organization. And I agree. That or, and that organizations should care about character just as much as they care about competence. We So when we came to, to MMR and it was Greater Media and then now Be- Beasley owns the company, we, we, have been, we have benefited from a lot of the higher-ups have been uh, really – Good and e- and good to work with. You know what I'm saying. And that's not I, true for all media. No, oh my God, no, yeah. no. And, and and I mean that that having come from the opposite, dramatically opposite, you appreciate it. Yeah, Steve, you referenced Goldberg's and a show that I watched is a Succession, and obviously it's based in fiction. But a lot of times those guys rise to the top by having it be a pissing contest. Yeah, right? like they have to be the jerk or the bigger jerk or out jerk the other guy in order <laughs> right. to get ahead. But it seems like in the end, they're still miserable, you know, and, and I know that it's a fictional portrayal. But like with all that power, with all that success and all that money, um, it doesn't necessarily breed happiness. No, but here and here you're saying it, it, be, it, be, uh, it becomes sort of malignant in the company. Yeah. It can be. Yes, it seems it says they, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, the people with those traits were not more likely to have achieved success more success than their agreeable counterparts. Um, and that's over time. That's yeah. over a 13, 14 year period or something like that. And and listen, just, yeah, and, and I, I was interested to see that uh, that essentially says once a jerk, always a jerk. Yeah. Which is, you know, I think you I, can, I, like I think you can have a pivot. I think you can have life switches. Yeah. I, and I was curious about that. I hope that that happens more often where people soften up a bit. And yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, it does. Yes, it I does. So. Well, it does where I think you'll, you'll, you'll have stories. There, there are stories. I, I know even anecdotal stories. I've read biography, uh, biographies of people who've had that moment where they 
oh, my God, I can be a better. Look at Oscar Schindler, for Christ's sake, one of the great a war profiteer who turned around and helped, you know, so many Jews escape um, the, the, the Holocaust. Are those it, the guys the exceptions, though? You know, is, it, is yeah, the Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. Yeah. I, I, I think it's within all of us. I think there are many jerks, uh, a la Hitler and Stalin, who pretty much take jerks. Well, let's talk about jerk jerks, like yeah. uh, like not um, dictators and, and, yeah. uh, and stuff like that. But, like, think about... Um, Maybe like a couple of the biggest jerks that you went to high school with and, and if you've seen them lately and have they softened up or are they the exact same I think, just 20 years later? I don't know. Do, can you guys speak to that? I I've, I haven't. There's not enough of them that I've seen. Right. Well, I, I get away from them. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 I don't, don't have time for jerks, man. Yeah, I don't I, want them in my life anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want them to to you know linger in my, even in my psyche. I don't want right. to think about. Do you think it. life kinda... has a mitigating factor on that? That you you know you you I think there enough experience happens to you where you start to say, oh boy. Well, you would hope that like if life kind of chews you up and spits you out, it, it could do a couple of different things to you. It could either harden you, right, and it can make you stay the same exact bitter person that you were. Yeah. Or it can make you change your approach. And so you you have to be a little bit more self-aware going, okay, you know what? The way I was doing it before is not working for me. And that can happen as well. Yeah. You know, where you, you, you're you done trying one way and you say, I've got no other course of action but to at least try this. But attitude is absolutely a choice, but it's tough. Like, you know, like I, I basically, is? yeah, it is. Like look, I Look at what happens to Ebenezer Scrooge. He basically has to be, you know, and that's a fictional story, I, but you got to be put to the bringer. Attitude is a what? Is a choice. Like I, I you know, um... I, I basically have a mantra, a prayer that I say yeah. right before the show starts every day. I have a picture of my dad, and I, I you know, I'm, I just I want to, you know, guide me in my my actions, my attitude, and my. There's another A in there, but um, you know, like if I feel if you know, I was talking about this last night with my brother. If I feel like when I'm driving into work, oh, this is going to be a bad day. I'm I'm yeah. in a I'm in a bad. Set, uh, state of mind right now, like I, I owe it to myself and everybody else around me to get out of this. Funky, I, funky I agree mood. a thousand percent. Does it yeah. work? Because you came in pretty cranky today. Uh, it did I feel like, like it? It seemed like it. Yeah. No. Oh no, no. I was good. I had my music on. I was uh, listening. Yeah. Casey, there's a group called Nexium. I think can help you. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I just really finished. Good. I'm on the third episode of that. How one did your skin bounce back from being branded? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you watch the latest episode? No, so so Kath, um, I I came in. The board wasn't switched. I changed the board yesterday because we had a meeting in this room yesterday, and I had to switch the board over so that it didn't make any sound, so that we could have a technical stuff, technical yeah. thing, right? Uh, so when I came in, I had forgotten to switch the board over when I left yesterday. So I came in what and I had to do that this? real quick. So uh, is that why you were cranky? I wasn't cranky. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, so for instance. When I come into work sometimes in the morning, Nick and Kathy have conversations over there, and I'm not invited into the conversation. And that used to piss me off. I'm like, well, that's kind of, like, mean. Like, I'm, there's only three people in this room, right. and, the, and there's a two-way conversation. So I started putting my headphones in because, like, Wait, you would get mad if you walked into a room and people were having a conversation? No, it's not if I walked into the room. It's that there were three people in the room. I'm just saying. It wasn't. He felt a little left out. Oh, here, here's the, we were having a conversation this morning. You walked into a conversation. The reason why I thought you were cranky was because when you introed me this morning, he goes, "Kathy, go." Yeah. So that I know you're not having a good day when you do that. No, no. So that's the other thing is I don't want to say the same goddamn thing. Listen, when is there I a intro, therapist listening? When I <laughs> intro you for traffic, Kathy. <laughs> yeah. It's it, you know you do the call letters. 
you know, you got to do the sponsor, and then here's the traffic. To me, it gets like a little bit redundant and mundane, blah, 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 blah. So I just kind of was switching it up today, and I was being short about it. Like, So I heard you yeah. say it. It, did, it, didn't, it didn't impress me as being Mm-mm. curt, Mm-mm. but to Kat, you know, what you hear is your reality. Right. Kathy, how does it make you feel? <laughs> uh-huh. No, so listen. when I, I think it's, I to me, that sounds like he's cranky. That's why I'm like, oh, Casey's not in a good mood today. Uh, okay. Uh, interesting. All right, can I, can I go back to the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the, the meat of this conversation? Yeah, yeah, what yeah, this yeah, is yeah, about? Yeah. You were saying that you can change your attitude. I think I that's what to. we said. Yes. I attempt okay. to. All I can do is change myself and my approach. I can't change the people around me. That's, yeah, you can, you can, uh, you can, uh, aff- Change how you react to situations. Right. Exactly, As opposed, yeah. you can't change the situation, but you can hopefully, hopefully, yeah. have control over how you it react. The prayer is very work. simple. Lord, give me the strength to kill everyone who pisses me. <laughs> it's really easy to stay in a bad mood, though. And, yeah. and, and uh, oh, sometimes yeah. the best way to stay in a bad mood is by affecting other people's moods. And you, like, if you're yes. in a crappy mood and you want to just exude that, uh, you there's this weird sixth sense of, of satisfaction. So it takes work to get out of that. And it's it's difficult to maintain that mantra. Hey, there's also some things that are chemically going on in your totally. body that alter you, and these you know hormones and so on. And you just yeah. you can't just change that. So, yeah, I wonder how know. much of that you can change. Honestly, like I mean, I don't know how much of that those synapses that are that are firing. Like, do you need? Uh, listen, obviously, you, there are some drugs out there that help, but like, is there a way to change that? Um, Without drugs, I I, I don't know. And I, don't know. It's I believe there are that all I, sorts of yeah. aspects that, and there, but different people have different situations. There are yeah. people who are, who are chemically predisposed to be aggressive, and and that hopefully there are there is medication and things that can help them get through that. But yeah. I, I believe in your general thesis or your yeah. general conceit that it's up to you to make sure that you're you you want to exude the best attitude possible because it's contagious. Yeah. Casey, there's a program called Scientology. <laughs> perfect I'm looking you. into it, Preston, yeah, yeah. as a matter of fact. And you can transfer your credits from Nexium. Right. <laughs> the branding is where the 100 yeah, credits. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that transfer, it rolls you over. your master's degree. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I already took the exam. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, Jan, uh, who works for a doctor. Hi, Jan. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, guys. I hey. love you so much. Oh. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. So you wanted to comment on somebody you work for, right? Yes, I have been in the dental field and um, oral maxillofacial surgery for about 20 years now, mm-hmm. and I have worked for some big a-holes. Yeah, I believe and, it. And it's, it is a struggle every day. I mean, you go in and it's, it's every day. It's, if they're in a bad mood, you just know your day is just going to go to hell. Are there times when you just you're curious about you know do you even like what you do you know to, meaning the doctor the person that's in charge? Um, right now, I know that that the doctor I work for is good, but it doesn't negate the fact that he's a jerk. <laughs> that's too bad. You can't listen. There's a level it. when you're a jerk like that. There's a level of narcissism at play where you feel you have the right to expose. I'm I'm pissed off, so I'm going to spread that around. And I'm sorry. This is the way I am today. And to me, that is a very selfish attitude. And do other do other your coworkers do they complain as well about this jerk doctor? We just kind of give each other looks because I think he can hear everything. Yeah. So, um, well, maybe he's here. Maybe he listens to the show. Uh, I, I, it, I, yeah. I literally 
actually, I'm telling you this morning, I cried this morning because yeah. I did not want to have to deal with it. Yeah, and man. I, but I am, I'm a mouthy person myself. Like I don't, I don't deal with BS. I am not the type of woman to deal with BS. But so every day I have to bite my tongue and I literally bite my tongue. It, it, it sucks the life out of you. Wow. And, let, let me and, ask and it's, you. It's, you shouldn't have to put up with that. How would this person feel? Uh, if they knew that uh, somebody was brought to tears because of who they are and, and how and how they are, do you, I, do you think that that would affect them at all? Honestly, I don't think he would give a crap. Yeah, wow. That's well, that, that's that says horrible things. But would you, if you were to bring this up to this person, how do you think you would be met? Um, I would be met with probably a really cocky attitude, um, narcissistic, very uh, bold. Like, if you don't like it, then get the F out. Type wow. Of mm. mentality. And it's a, it's a shame because, you know, us as, you know, assistants or surgical assistants or, you know, people that work for higher up men in life, like anybody, doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, it's kind of BS that. Or is it is it the staff that's treated this way, or do patients get treated that way too? Uh, I'd rather not. Oh, they're, they're like because right. uh, I, I have been in company of doctors who I've felt like a piece of meat, where I'm just like, dude, I'm I'm a person, okay? You know? Oh, I had a situation where I, 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 I just to stay on the line, but I had a, it was a, a barium swallow, and I I was at, I went in to do it. The guy who was administering it started to. Be very condescending, and I called it. I said, "I can't imagine how you reacted." <laughs> yeah, and I listen, listen, and, and and you could see him look at me. It's like I I go out of my way to be pleasant to people because to me, again, to Casey's point, that's you you owe that to the people around you. But especially when you're dealing with somebody who is, I'm sure, used to people coming in. They're not sure. They're 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 put off their their footing because it's medical stuff. They don't know. They they don't know what they can talk about. And in your line of work with somebody who's a dentist or whatever or anything like that, I think we all tend to go. Well, I don't know a lot about this, so I don't know what I should say. And you enter you end up demurring and perhaps getting rolled over. It's it's I mean it, it, it it's a quality of life issue and it's clearly I, impacting you. Any piece of advice? Because I'm pulling up to work right now. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I think avoiding conflict is conflict. You know, so like if you're gonna. There, there's got to be a way to approach him and, and maybe write a letter or, or, or try a different form of communication that you haven't done in the past because it's never going to get any better if you don't approach it in some version. It would also help to be right off an incident that occurs instead of just out of the blue coming at him with something. Have an incident that, that you can say here is an example of something. And to, to, to Nick's point, cooler heads prevail if you can mm-hmm. come to this person you know, support, confront, support is usually how it goes. We thank you for the, the this job and it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. The, these are ways that could make it better for us so that we could produce better for you and try it that way. You That's suck and you're say. miserable. You yeah. suck and you're miserable. And I, or yeah. how, about a, how about a peace offering? Get him a couple of tickets to the Bunt Cake Museum at the Jane <laughs> yes. Institute. Honestly, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, I love it. Listen, we feel for you. Uh, good luck and, and I hope things work out. All right. All right, yeah. yeah, that is just hell, isn't yeah, it? When you're, when you're trapped by a jerk boss. I used to go to a dentist's office that um, I don't know if he was a jerk. He was very nice to me and and yeah. seemed to be to the patients, but was it seemed very cold to the people that worked for him. And uh, isn't it embarrassing when you see when you're at a place and and employees are being mistreated in front of you? Yeah, you know, it, it, and it wasn't. I, I won't say he, he didn't mistreat them. It just 
didn't seem like a very friendly environment, right. but the whole office had that feeling. And I remember when I started going to uh, the new dentist that I go to and walking in there, it was like you could hear them chattering, laughing. There was music playing like you could just see the difference in, you know, two similar offices and you could see such a difference and how much nicer it seemed to work at the second place. Mm. I want to go back to a question you asked, Casey, which was uh, how do you change your mind on things? And there's a book that's li- literally called How to Change Your Mind. The author is Michael Pollan. You might remember him. He did a, sh- a show on Netflix a few years ago called Cooked. And it's basically, um, he- he's a writer. He's a really interesting person. And a lot of How to Change Your Mind has to deal with uh, how drugs have affected people in the past. Psycho, um, like a, uh, LSD. Yeah. No, no, no. Like um, like trippy stuff. Shrooms, oh, okay. things along those lines. Uh, but this also has to deal with depression and anxiety and, mm-hmm. and how our brains form and, and patterns that we get in. So uh, I'm recommending it to you, but I'm recommending it to ev- everyone. It's uh, How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. And is there I think an audio version? There is an audio. It's, I'm listening to it right now. It's okay. on Audible, uh, free at your local library. Okay. Uh, let me see. What time is it here? Do we need is to there take more a... time for the Just Saying Institute? You, well, got you want to go to some of these calls? I do. There's a number of calls coming in. Maybe we should, I, you know, I, I do have a variety of other things. We'll we go need. to the calls if you want. All right. I think <laughs> we can do that. Uh, let me go to Katie. Hi, Katie. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, what's up, Katie? Uh, nothing. So ironically enough, I also, um, used to work for a dentist. She was an orthodontist and, um, it took the pandemic to really kind of push me out of there and realized how unhappy I was just because of how she treated all of us. Mm. So would you, would, were you experiencing the same sort of situation where you're in the parking lot as you're pulling up and you're, you're tearing up because it's so acrimonious? I would cry almost daily after oh, coming home. I can't life. even oh imagine this. Let me just say for the record, my dentist is Dr. Kristen Petula, and there, that, again, that... That you go in there and everyone is happy and, in other words, there is another way to be, and right. and and that's a way you that just is a quality of life issue, and it, it's corrosive and it just makes everything worse. So have Terrible. you have you have you made a positive change? I have, I have, I really have. Total career change, total mm. game changer. Um, I actually I'll give a little shout out to the H and K group. You actually brought Dunkin' Donuts to us. Um, but yeah, I'm working for a construction company. It's absolutely great. It's been really positive in my personal life. My husband and I are so much happier. Uh, you I don't like realize so you, much more. Yeah. Just, you invest so much of your life. I've worked there for seven years and I, I felt like I, I peaked. I gave as much as I possibly could and just to, you know, not feel appreciated. It really just takes a toll on you and the whole atmosphere. I loved all the girls and women that I worked with. Um, we still remain in touch and we're close friends. Um, but she just, she just didn't appreciate it. You know? Katie, did you just, speak, just, did you yeah. speak your mind before you left? I did not. And, um, I, I really wish I had, I really wanted to write a letter and send it in. Um, you just should. because I, I, I still could, I really still could. I yeah. drive past there daily, uh, when I drop my daughter off to daycare. So I, I think you should because of the uh, the people that still work there. Yes. I know, I know, I know. It's so hard. And, like, I literally was just with uh, one girl two weeks ago. We were hanging out out back, and she just was like, you know, it's still the same. It's still the well, same. Well, in your, in your letter, mention them all by name and what they said. I think, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to, to Preston's point, if you could, in a way, help affect change that would make their situation better, then that might be the ultimate plus and the ultimate takeaway from all this. No, you're absolutely right. 
I don't think I don't think it's ever a good idea to burn a bridge as you're leaving. No. But, if, but right. if you can say, "Hey, I just want to let you know," you can key a car. Yeah. You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can burn that bridge if you never go back to that state again, right? So yeah. if you're never going to be in the dental industry again, then uh, yeah, you burn never the know hell out of that yeah, bridge. Yeah, yeah. Let Thanks, that person Katie. know who they are. I told my family and friends, I was just like, I will never go back there again. I just, I can't do it. It is not healthy. Like, no, I, just, I can't. And, and I, it's just, it's the Stockholm syndrome. You're, you're so used yeah. to a work environment that just is, is, yeah. it's just toxic. You can't I wanna, have it. I want to get another call. I'm going to go to Zach. He t- sounds like he had a bit of an extreme situation. Hey, Zach, good morning. Morning, guys. Hey, what's up, man? Oh, God. Let me just preface by saying I am now out of this position and I've Love my job. I go to it every day, feeling great. Good. Uh, but before then, um, I worked for a guy who was lazy. Um, he was sexist. He was racist, and he would just treat you like absolute crap all day. And he had this mentality of, "Oh, you know, I'm the boss, so I don't have to do anything." Yeah. Um, we'd be behind on work, and he would be sitting at his computer saying. Oh, I'm just reading today. I'm 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 learning new stuff. I'm like, okay, well, do you want to share that? He's like, well, there's not really much you guys need to know. Uh-huh. Um, he would throw us under the bus in front of customers uh, by sending emails saying, well, I don't know why this wasn't done. Uh, it's pretty simple, so I don't know why they didn't get done. It's a quick thing uh, and just a complete mess. I had a couple cases filed with HR. Actually, I had documentation of emails, good uh, <laughs> conversations, <clears throat> and HR tried, you know, didn't do anything about it um they i sat down with them and i was like you gotta stop this like this is not okay you're treating us poorly this is not good there was actually a whole sexual harassment case and the aggressor um they questioned and then the woman got in trouble who didn't do anything so and they treated her poorly how long did you work there uh three years Three years mm. and um, all right. You do well. It, there, there's customers. You said so. You were in front of other people. You're yeah. in front of the the, the patrons. So uh, not necessarily in front. There was more in the email. I was more oh, okay. office based. Okay. Uh, and does the guy still work there? Unfortunately, yes. He was oh. there for. He's been there for about 15 years, and he got the position just because he worked in the office and he had seniority. You know what? I'll say this: if you're a, if you're a boss or if you're any sort of situation, and you suspected that you might be this sort of corrosive individual, realize that what you do and what you put on during the day in the work environment that you are fostering that that carries down through the rest of the, that employee's oh, yeah. day. It can it can ruin their relationships. It can ruin their relationships with their children, and it spreads out like a ripple in a lake. Mm-hmm. You can't believe the damage you're doing by being an unpleasant hard to deal with person try to tamp that down try to be a better person as as a person at work and the benefits will be exponentially that much more and they'll come back to you but you you you're like a, a cancer if you're doing this to people yeah. and you're ruining and their if, lives and if you can't get a handle on it get some counseling for yes yes thanks words have some effects Steve, because some people just lack empathy and they're yeah. they don't have the ability to do what you just said and maybe uh, that will crack a little bit. They crack yeah. them, but uh, some some people and bosses especially can't do it. And listen, uh, this year's been tough for a lot of people in a lot of different uh, ways. And Absolutely. When, when you bring that stuff to work, um, it, you know, it just makes it, it it perpetuates it. So it's it's been a hard year for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. One last call here. I'm going to go to Tyler because he's got an interesting point to make. Hey, Tyler. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, hey what? what? What's up, Tyler? Hey, I just wanted to speak to a few points for you. 
you guys have already made. Like, um, you know, it, it, what I say and, and me and my coworkers talk about all the time is the difference between leaders and bosses. Yeah. You're going to have a boss, somebody who just derives their respect from rank and file, and that's all they have. And they're up top, you're on the bottom, and you have to follow everything they have to say, right? Yep. But then you have a leader, somebody who has rank above you, but we'll get down with you and, and do all that work with you. And that's someone who's going to inspire you and get you through that day. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's a good point. That's a like good delineation. My, my dad, at a certain point, as he ascended through, um, you know, the different sales positions and worked his way up into a, a big telecom company, he he was just as inclined to go out with uh, for lunch with the guys from the mailroom as he was other execs. It was always a, an even playing field. And, and I remember having people come up to me when I would go out and visit him when he was still working. He's since retired. And they would say, your dad, you know, your dad did this and, and how you could see how much it meant to them. Mm. So you as an employer uh, today is your, you know, you can be the leader. You can be someone who sets someone's life off in a good way and makes their day better. Or you can be something that drives them crazy and has them crying in the parking lot. Well, let's also so make that decision. It's not just uh, employers. It's also it's employees, employees as exactly. well. Exactly. You know, I know somebody. It can, it can work up as yeah. well. I know somebody who worked uh, for years at this position, and they had an, uh, a fellow employee, somebody who was basically on the same level playing field, who just skirted every single responsibility that they had. They would go out, you know, they would go for their lunch break. Yeah. Come back from their lunch break and then spend an hour to an hour and a half in the bathroom, and while they're doing that, everybody else around them has to do their work. So this also is, you know, is not just like, hey, bosses treat your your employees leaders. No, but yeah. you know, leaders treat your uh, employees nice. Well, uh, you know, treat your fellow workers right. nice as well. General civility is a good idea. Eh, yeah. You know. The bottom line of this study, it says that uh, you know, people who show disagreeable personality traits were not more likely to have achieved success than their more agreeable counterparts 14 years later. So over time, it's not uh, nice guys finish last. It's the other way around. Right. And you know what? I always think of Milton Hershey. Yeah. 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 You look at that. that, I hope that bio is true. I've been buying into it for years. I know, me too. He seems like the most benevolent guy in the world. All right. uh, We need to take a break. But uh, thank you. This is all... Two stories from the Justine Institute. I meant to go but through it was more. But yeah, we'll go through more. Home of the new Bunt King Museum now yes. open on the weekends. <laughs> and chariot track. And the chariot track. Yes. Uh, so thank you. We appreciate the calls. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a second and we'll dive into the bizarre file next. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. All right, let's go. Let's get into it. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. All right, we will begin with this story. When zookeepers at the St. Louis Zoo looked in on their oldest female snake, they were surprised to find her coiled around a clutch of newly laid eggs, especially Uh surprised since she hadn't been near a male snake in more than 15 years. The ball python, which is estimated to be 62 years old, by the way, has been a resident of the zoo since 1961. She laid seven eggs on July 23rd, which was a bit of a shock to the zoo's manager. So who's the culprit? Is that uh, groundskeeper? Mark Wanner said, uh, who is the uh, manager of herptology, said she definitely she would definitely be the oldest snake we know of in history wow. uh, to lay eggs. The female snake doesn't have a name, 
and is only referred to as number 361003. That snake's been there since 1961, and they still haven't given it, like, even a nickname? Exactly. Come on. Come on. He said she's one of two... uh, Or a better number. One of two ball pythons at the zoo. The other python snake is a 31-year-old male that isn't kept near the female snake. Wanner said it was a surprise. We didn't expect her to drop another clutch of eggs, honestly. Ball pythons, which normally dwell in Africa, are known to reproduce asexually. Is that right? <laughs> Female That's snakes. That's fascinating. I had no idea. Female snakes store sperm to fertilize at a later date. So do I. <clears throat> but at 15 years, this could be the longest documented case of a snake waiting. That's amazing. Yeah, before this incident, the longest case of a snake holding on to sperm for fertilization was seven years. Uh, two of the eggs are undergoing genetic testing to determine for sure whether they were reproduced asexually or sexually. Or not just purchased from a supermarket. Uh, two more eggs have died, but the other three are being incubated to keep them safe. That so is a they, pretty they, wild story. They seem to be viable? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that wild? Wow. Yeah, so they're uh, they're obviously monitoring the, the, the eggs. Scientists have been left baffled by incidents of orcas ramming sailing boats along the Spanish and Portuguese coasts. In the last two months, from southern to northern Spain, sailors have sent distress calls after worrying encounters. Two boats lost part of their rudders. At least one crew member suffered bruising from the impact of the ramming, and several boats sustained serious damage. This is a atypical behavior. Uh, the latest incident occurred on Friday afternoon. On the northern coast of Spain, Halcyon Yachts was taking a 36-foot uh, boat to the U.K. when an orca rammed its stern at least 15 times. The boat lost steering and was towed into a port to assess damage. Around the same time, there were radio warnings of orca sightings 70 miles south near the site of at least two recent collisions. On 30th of August, a French-flagged vessel radioed that the, the Coast Guard to say that it was under attack from killer whales. Mm. Later that day, huh. a Spanish naval yacht lost part of its rudder after an encounter with orcas under the stern. And Did highly... they suggest whether these orcas had, like, calves or something? Or No. Or... So uh, they're highly intelligent social animals, and they are researchers who study a small population in the Strait of Gibraltar said that they are curious, and it is normal for them to follow a boat closely, even to interact with the rudder, uh, but never with the force suggested here. Now, the Spanish Maritime Authorities... Warned vessels to keep a distance, but uh, reports from sailors around the strait uh, throughout July and August suggest this may be difficult. At least one pod appears to be per- pursuing boats in behavior that scientists agree is highly unusual and concerning. I wonder well, if that has anything to do with the sounds that the boats make, because I saw a fascinating story recently about whales changing migra- uh, migratory patterns yes. because of uh, shipping lanes. Yeah. And and it's, it just, it, they can hear sounds from so far away because sound travels underwater in a different way that it sounds uh, travels over air. Well, they're attracted to them, for sure. I know that uh, one time we were taking a cruising ship in Hawaii, and uh, we were on the upper deck of this, and... Uh, the as, as we're, we're at full speed headed out, uh, the staff had seen some dolphin out off of the uh, one of the bows, and they went out and they started banging on the side of the boat, and all the dolphins come no over and they're right next to the boat and swimming along and and kind of playing and being wow. all playful. But it was the sound that drew them to it. So, well, you yeah. can also like for example in Vancouver, you can people will go out in longboats and, and kayaks and and travel right along with the killer whales, and they're they're pretty benign. Uh, not in this case. No, no, yeah. no. 
Uh, no one likes root canals, but this was certainly a bear of an operation. Oh. Yum Yum, the 18-year-old American black bear from the Montgomery Zoo, recently went through a three-hour surgery for three root canals. And I, uh, I also had some zoom whitening, and, and it looks spectacular. Oh, let me see. Smile. Mm. Oh, see wow. That? That's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Uh, for veterinary... I'm going to get contacts, too. Uh, for veterinary dentist, uh, Dr. Bert Gaddis... It's just another day at work. Gaddis has worked on all sorts of animals like tigers, river otters, and gorillas. I'm also getting uh, Ashley Gallo to do my eyebrows. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to get the brow yeah. done. Yeah, nice. Uh, surprisingly, a bear and human root uh, canals are not much different. They're the, not. They're very similar, actually. The tools are u- that are used for Yum Yum are much bigger, though. Yeah, the one to pickaxe. Uh, but Yum Yum surgery was successful, and is uh, Yum Yum's doing better. I look fabu. All right, one last story, and then we'll wrap it up. A man high on meth apparently shot up the inside of his house after imagining people were trying to break in and steal some of his belongings this past weekend. Huh. Police began their investigation after receiving a report that a man was yelling and swinging a broom handle on private property. When deputies arrived on the scene, they found the man identified as Mark King under the influence of drugs. They Get deter- away from my beanie baby! Uh, they determined <laughs> that uh, King had consumed methamphetamine on Friday and Saturday, and that's what triggered the hallucinations. I don't even have beanie babies. After engaging <laughs> in a gun battle with the imaginary people inside his home, King went to a neighborhood house where he went inside a garage, broke a window after throwing a gun at it. <laughs> He then left the garage, and that's when the police found him. King was taken to the hospital where he was treated and later released to police. Uh, He gave written consent to a search of his property where police found the interior of his house had multiple bullet holes that came from inside. (laughs) Oh, that crazy meth, right? Yep, it'll uh, do a number on you. And there you go. That is what we have in the bizarre file. Let's take a break. Come back in a moment. Don't forget, Jim Brewer on the show this morning around 9 o'clock. We'll talk to him. Getting ready for a show in Scranton at the Circle Drive-In. Coming right back. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or celebrating love, Steven Singer is there for you. I hate StevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I had an observation. Uh, uh, my wife and I have been uh, driving around a lot. We're we're looking at vacation homes and we're looking in, in various locations. You're, but, you're still pretty uh, pretty active with that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, cool, cool. Yeah, man. It's, that'd be great. It, it's it's a process. It takes a while. Yeah. So, so we're gonna like years, right? It can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you find the place that you want. So anyhow, we've been looking in different locations. We've been you know looking at Poconos. We've been looking down the shore. We may even head down to Maryland. This now. So we've right. been doing a lot of driving, a lot of right. on the road driving. And there's something that I noticed. And tell me if if I'm if I'm crazy or not. But I have noticed when. And this is not an indictment on people from New Jersey. Okay, okay. when you have to preface it. But when crossing over into New Jersey, it automatically, it makes people drive like a-holes, I think. <laughs> I, I, I just, it's what, I am I wrong? Okay, no. Even Pennsylvanians? Okay. Like even when you, Pennsylvanians, yes. even Delawareans, even New Yorkers. So you're not Especially saying New that Yorkers. this, I'm, this I'm is looking, intrinsic? Listen, I'm not hanging, I, because that this last observation I made this past weekend was to look at the, the license, license plates. plates of people who are driving like dicks 
and they were from everywhere. So you're, and it leads me to believe that when you go to New Jersey, <laughs> you start driving like a dick. Yeah, it does. It, you're not saying people from New Jersey drive like dicks. You're saying once you cross over into that state, hmm. there's something about the roads or whatever that makes people drive like because dicks. it led all the way down, not just. The AC, not just you know the whole exchange right. there when you're crossing <laughs> over from the from the uh, the Walt Whitman and all that. I mean, because that doesn't it, help. That it whole... leads on to the expressway. It leads on to the parkway. It leads on to the roads going off of those roads. You know, yeah. uh, in I, my I, experience, I think once you get over the Walt Whitman Bridge, you have no choice. Because you basically have a thousand highways all converging it's into a one, nightmare. Right. and it's really really tough. And you really have to know where you're going and what lane you need to be in because that can all change at the you know the drop now, of a hat but let, let me let me preface by what i mean by driving like an a-hole i mean like not using your signal uh cutting people off i'm not just that's the thing because this guy was in a, in a lane that was going to merge he didn't use his signal he wasn't giving indicators that he was moving into our area and so my wife just kept going at the speed she was going at and this guy zoomed in behind, pulled up behind us, flipped us off, and she's like, "You didn't signal to indicate you, you wanted, wanted to, to get in. over." I don't, I don't read your mind. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with it? And then he got cut off by an eighteen wheeler, which was hilarious, yeah. by the way. <laughs> but we just kept seeing that lack of using the signal, lack of following the standard rules of the road. And listen, I understand if you got to go fast, that's okay. But you can also do it in a courteous manner. Yes, and it all happened. Different license plates, all in New Jersey. I think, and I saw I, this has happened more than once. Interesting. So this is interesting observation of me, of me calling this information. It's, okay, it's like when you critique somebody's weight, right? And you're not allowed to do it; only they are allowed to do it. And if you're, and I know that the New Jersey listeners take umbrage with us saying this, and, and they'll say things and think think things like "stay the f out of our state," right? right? But but Preston, your point is is accurate because it's not just New Jersey, though. Like, no, and and here's here's what I observed. I, I went to Maine uh, over the summer, and I drove down. I hate driving through the state of Connecticut. For me. It's the worst it state to drive through. It, it I can't sucks. stand it. But where it started was Connecticut. Then it continued through the Bronx in 95 and then all the way down the Garden State Parkway because I had to drive down the shore. And and the worst of the three drivers, not the roads, the drivers were in New Jersey. Do you think? And it wasn't, again, it, it wasn't, wasn't New Jersey, New Jersey drivers. Right. Exclusively. New Jerseyites. Right. Yeah. The New Jersey drivers are bad, too, but not Exclusively, the, the mm. PA drivers there, the New York drivers. It was so I, awful. I, I can I contend that it is in many cases, especially with Connecticut, uh, it has long been the roads, the construction, the the way the roads are laid out, the poor it's planning, awful. the infrastructure lends itself to bringing out the dickiest in the dickiest drivers. I agree. But so we've been driving a lot, and like I said, we've gone back and forth up to the Poconos, Casey. This is stuff is triggering here. If you can oh stop yeah that. yeah I got you. Um, so. Uh, and and I didn't. It didn't start happening until we started going to New Jersey. And and I'm like, okay, maybe okay. Is it the? Density? And I'm not saying. And and once again, it's not people from New Jersey. It's yeah. people from all over driving in New Jersey. Is it the dense population? I don't know. Or is it the fact that there are a lot of open? There are a lot. Well, I don't. You you have a weird. Con, you have a weird menu in New Jersey. I think of different road options. Okay, so and we can't just default to the jug handles. That's not part of it. And the people that are calling in already, you're missing the point. They're <laughs> yeah. saying PA drivers need to stay back in their state. Yep. I didn't say it's New Jersey drivers. It's everyone driving in New Jersey. 
Okay, so right. that's the point. You're not saying to it's, make. A, it's a particular. Dentist. I think it's. I think if you already live there, maybe you accept it as a fact that everybody drives like an a hole in New Jersey. I don't know, but that is just my personal observation. It's not an indictment on people from New Jersey. I will tell you this: like from coming from New York, and I, the New York is so bad that now this is where I, you know, my my memories of my mother and my childhood mm-hmm. are in New York. I have not been back to New York in. I don't know, more than 10 years. Really? I, I, I don't know how long. I hate it. I hate, yeah. no, maybe I have, maybe, no, probably just for a quick here and there, but I despise it. I despise the, 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 the overly aggressive drivers. I despise the roads. I despise it. And- well, I would think like what Preston's saying about going, in, like, I, I would say that I would drive a little bit more aggressive in New York because you have to. Yes. Or else you're going to get pushed off the makes side of me, the road. It makes me a bad person. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, but to, to his point... I, I think a lot of times it has to do with the way the roads are laid out. That brings out mm-hmm. the worst in drivers. Yeah. People aren't hearing what you're saying. <laughs> I know they're not. I, I, I know they're not. It's, 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 it's a defense mechanism. It's, it people is. automatically right. get defensive of their own state, yeah. and I understand that. Well, well, just, what? just try to listen and have an open mind as to what Preston is saying. Yeah. Just try. <laughs> It's not working. It's not. Yeah, why not? It's really why not? not? Let's, what let's... was that thing you said earlier, Steve, about people being empathetic and listening and <laughs> expanding their minds a little bit? So, yeah. So you're saying people with license plates who are not from Jersey <laughs> are driving like maniacs in mm-hmm. New Jersey. I knew it would miss the mark. I, yeah. know, I know. Let me, let me go to <laughs> Stay Tim. Stay the F out. wants to have some fun with this. Hi, Tim. You're go on the home. air. You're in the air. Hey, what's up, man? Yo, this is my thing, though. I'm a Jersey driver, born and raised in South Jersey. My whole family's from Philly. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of on the fence on this. But in New South Jersey, we have a simple rule. Stay out of the left lane. And I've heard people say, what's it matter? The speed limit's 65. I'm doing 67. Doesn't matter. That's the fast lane. That's the passing lane. And every time you're going down the Jersey Shore or I'm trying to work, I'm, I'm on the road for work, sure enough, there's that one fancy driver and there are 12 cars behind them in the left lane trying to get past this, this, this knucklehead, and they don't understand. People are flicking their headlights. They're trying to get them to move over. And they won't yeah, move Tim, over. Tim, that's, yeah, I see it all the time. It, it yeah. is. I, I agree a thousand well. percent. In fact, there are signs all over the place that make it clear that that left lane is for passing. It's for driving faster. And I agree with you a thousand percent. Do you think there's any merit to Preston's um, line of thinking that people from out even people from out of the state, when they get within the Jersey state lines, drive a little bit more radically. Yeah, well, as soon as they cross over the river, they go through the toll booth. It's like they check their brains at the toll booth. <laughs> yeah, but I, agree. I don't completely agree with that because, like I said, I go down ninety five for work, and I can drive faster in the right lane than I can the left lane. So I think it's, and I think it's because there's so much. There's ten pounds of poop in a five pound bag. Yeah, on the side of the river that every lane gets congested all the time. So when you come over to South Jersey, you just think it's normal to drive in the left lane. Right. Okay, the left lane thing is definitely an issue for you, and I, I, I see it. And, and by the way, there are signs all over the place about you will be ticketed if you're, the left lane is for passing only, correct? Well, that never happens. I've, I've never heard of anybody ever getting a ticket for that. Yeah. They have to do that, and I'm surprised they did because I honestly for, for years always thought the state police and the state themselves wanted to control traffic by allowing slow drivers in the left lane. That way they can keep the, the, the pace of the flow down. They don't want people speeding. Huh. But the reality is it actually probably causes more problems because what do you end up doing? You end up zigzagging through traffic to get around the knucklehead, and you just now, because you're in the left lane, you created a traffic hazard. Oh, yeah, no no question. There's I've, I've seen many, you know, mathematical 
explanations as to why that's a bad idea. It slows everybody down. There's there's no question. Tim, are you an aggressive driver? Well, I can be, but I also spent 26 years as an EMT, so I'm used. Oh, to I don't need your excuses. I just want to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm used. Yes, I tend to be a, a little aggressive. I tend to be a little fast. All right, but okay. I'm also trained in it. I that's why it's like saying to a police officer, "Are you aggressive driver?" Of course, they all are because. They drive that way. That's okay. For profession. All right. Yeah. Next, yeah. next yeah. time you're driving aggressively, ask yourself if you really need to be where you're going that soon, okay? I agree with you there, actually. All I right. To, All right. Get older, I slow down. Each year, I feel like I slow down a little bit more. Yeah. And it's use the cruise control a little bit more. Yeah, and by the time you're 80, you're driving 20 miles an hour to go to dinner at 1 (laughs) o'clock in the afternoon. That's right. That's right. But, I mean, it drives you crazy, though. Like, I want to get on the highways and go somewhere. Say, I'm going to play golf somewhere. Yeah. I actually want to – my intention is to get on the interstate, set the cruise control for 70, and relax. And I can't do it, though, because I got knuckleheads that are still – doing 55 and a 65, and it's driving up the wall. You can't set your cruise control even. All right. Yeah, no, I hear you. All right, Tim. Thank you. I right, uh, appreciate it, man. All right. So, anyway, I, this is, <laughs> I knew this was a dice. Yeah, some people, well, they, uh, many people want to make you the king of New Jersey, it appears. <laughs> no. no. Uh, but some some are agreeing with you. Uh, let me go to, uh, let me go to Jen. Hi, Jen. Good morning. Please to make sex all over your face. <laughs> wow. I haven't heard that in a <laughs> That's long great. time. Love it. What's up, Jen? Hey, guys. So, I am born and bred. South Jersey driver like Tim, you know, we have our grievances. We get a little um, perturbed with out-of-state drivers, but it's everybody. Even as a New Jersey driver, I will freak out if you're in front of me and you don't use your blinker mm-hmm. or you don't know the difference between a yield and a stop. Oh, yes. my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? And, okay, so, like, circles and everything, I get it. They're weird jug handles. Real weird. But if there are literally instructions, like at the Brooklyn Circle, they just redid it. And there are instructions as to what lane to get into that a second grader can follow. Mm-hmm. And if you can't follow that, like you're going to try to cut me off when you want to get over towards the left. You're like, oh, crap. I need to get over to the right. And go, crap. Like, like I, I, I can't. That's when I lose it. And I'm normally, I'm very laid back and everything. But once I get behind the wheel, I don't know if it's because I have a New Jersey license plate on the back of my car. But I turn into like a totally different person. You know what happens, Jen? I think it also depends on if you can train yourself to realize, you know, you'll get there when you get there. But we all have points where we have to get to something at a certain time. And we get into the rush and we get into the mindset. And I was talking earlier about a quality of life issue. And it just, that sort of stuff just sucks the life out of you. If people became, could just brush up on the rules of the road, like there's a traffic circle on Henry Avenue when you're heading over, but I'm heading home. And um, people do not know how a traffic circle works. And um, it it's like, for God's sakes, just if you're not sure, maybe go home and Google how it works and what you're supposed to do. Yeah, we call them traffic circle jerks. Yeah, yes, exactly. Jerks. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's annoying <laughs> as hell. But using your signal, yeah. why do you think it's part of your driver's test to use your signal? Oh. Yeah. Why do you think it's important that you do that and you would fail your driver's test? If you didn't well, say common, no. No, it's just common sense. I mean, they, yeah. they, you can't you can't read the other driver's mind. And when, when somebody gets 
pissed off about the fact at me for whatever reason they show it visually that uh that they weren't let in or whatever. I'm like, you didn't give me any indicators right. that you wanted to come over. If you give me an indicator, I am more than happy to let you over. That's all there is to it. Uh, but I just know that when I cross the bridge, I, there's a little thing in my mind that says, here we go. And and it's a little voice that says, here we go. Get ready. Grip the wheel a little tighter. Yeah. And, uh, and you're not saying it's you're saying it's everybody from everywhere. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I, yeah. And and I made it a point this last time to look at the license plates. Yeah. And they weren't just New Jersey drivers. It was just people driving in New Jersey. I tend to drive down to New Jersey and the Jersey Shore quite a bit. And I think there's a there's a couple of stretches of road. I think maybe some people are just excited to get on vacation. Right. <laughs> so yeah. they just can't get to where they're going fast enough. And, you know, that has maybe something to do with it. When you go down 47, especially on, like, 347, it's a long, windy road. The speed limit's 50. Sometimes people only go the speed limit. I'm not okay with that. But you know what? Like, I, you know, and I sort of have to talk myself into, uh, you know, calming down on right. that stretch of road. Right. Some people. Listen, let me ask you a question. When you're in a, a two-lane road that allows you to pass, right? Yes. And you, you have to go okay, into... I got a story you, about that. Go ahead. Right, when you have go to go into oncoming traffic. All right. Is it okay to pass more than one car at once? So we were on the way back from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. In New Jersey. Uh, what's up? Before you get to 55, Casey. That's 347 and 47. Okay, so we're on 47. Mm-hmm. A truck. <laughs> there was uh, my wife, another car, another car in front of that. Right. Good distance between the the second and third one ahead of us. Right. Dude in a truck comes up behind us, passes all three of us. Whoa. Headlights coming the other way. Yeah. And we're like going, you're out of your goddamn mind. You yeah. are out of your mind. He just passed three people and came very close. I'll guarantee you that person who, who was coming the other direction had, to put, on their, had to put on their brakes. Yeah. Because they, they had to avoid potential of a head-on collision. I couldn't believe it. And that stuff probably happens it happened to on me on Friday. There was a sprinter van did the same exact thing. He probably passed at least three cars. I think four. I don't I, think that's legal. I, okay. I think that what is the legal? What is the legal of that? One, yeah, it's one at a time. Now, but, if there are two cars that are that are close and there's a space in front of those two cars, I think you can pull in there. But you, like yeah. in, in other words, you can't. You're making you know it saying? dangerous for everybody at that point, right? You know, or, or what you, you you gently tap the car to the right of you, yes. and then and then yeah. yes. You just bump them a little bit. By the way, here's a text that says, George Carlin had it right. Anybody driving slower than you is an idiot. Anyone going faster than you is a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> totally. He was right. That's it. Uh, let me go to Jesse, a professional driver. Jesse, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up, Jesse? Okay, quick point number one. I totally agree with you. It's not the license plate. Absolutely okay. not the license plate. All right, now my main point. New Jersey, you have to drive per the road. So if you get on the New Jersey Turnpike, you set your cruise control and you relax. Every once in a while, somebody goes by you. You're pretty sure they're an undercover cop. <laughs> right. Garden State, right. Garden, Garden State Parkway. You literally hang on to the wheel with both hands. Yes. Do your very best to maintain your lane and pray. It's <laughs> if you buy a really really fast car, you go to the Atlantic City Expressway. It's very simple. Because you're going to be doing 100 miles an hour. <laughs> I want to make a final wrap-up point to you guys. Yes. Okay. There's a, the, the ticket for not failure to stay out of the left lane is half the cost of the ticket for uh, passing on the right. Okay. So, you know. so it's a very so low. In other words, that's, nobody cares. 
Yeah, it, it's a super low fine. Okay, okay so okay. the the all right. I I have no problem with people being in the left lane. Stay there. I'm going to go around you. Hi, bye. Right. Now, the people that are in the left lane, and when you go to pass them, they speed up to match you. Yeah. They, des- they deserve a manslaughter ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't get that either, Jesse. Yeah. I also have the scenario when uh, somebody's in, on, in the right lane, and you're going to go ahead and, and pass them, and, and they, they speed up to match you. I, I think part of that's involuntary. Thanks for your call, by the way, Jesse, because yeah. my, my sons, when we were driving uh, this summer, uh, were doing that. As they, I, I saw them as a car was coming up to match their speed and possibly pass they would start to match their speed. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're, yeah. you're, you're doing 85 miles an hour now. You don't need to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, but I think sometimes that happens they kind think of involuntarily. To go with the flow of traffic. Yeah, or, what kills me is, as well, if you're driving along and there's a police car, or, you know, and you're, you're driving along, and then you have this this sort of ant line, you know, the ducks in a row pass, going that speed. If the, if the police officer is traveling a little bit slower, but you tra- are traveling within the speed limit margin, you can go past the cop. You can, as long as you're yeah. not. As long as you're not yeah, don't race by at 100 limit. miles an hour, but yes. Uh, let me see. It's now. the age-old thing, man, but you can't escape you can't escape it. We we deal with the driving every day, and there's always a whole plethora of issues. Yeah, and like I said, it's not the New Jersey people. No. I just want to keep, keep hitting saying. that. Yeah. Uh, let me go to Mike. Yo, Mike. Preston, you're right. It's not the New Jersey people. Um, it's, it's just New Jersey itself. Uh, if you ever seen Ghostbusters 2, spoiler alert, when Ray and Winston fall in, they just become evil. It's like New Jersey. It's New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best analogy I've ever oh, yeah, heard. That's as good as you it gets. Wait, you don't mean to do it. And, and like Nick was saying earlier, even like when you're in Connecticut, you still have some Jersey on your car. for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the stain that oh, lives with you God. forever. Oh my I've been God. to Jersey. I have family in Jersey. Nothing personal. Some of my best friends are from Jersey. Of course. But it's just the area. The, Jer- the Jersey, Thanks. yeah. So that, that would that would lend credibility to there, there are stretches of road in, in New York, and I can point to them where you just know you are going to encounter, and it doesn't matter what the license plate is, people will drive like a-holes. The Belt Parkway generates a-hole drivers, and it's the worst stretch of road on the goddamn planet. That's what I mean. You ha- If you are not an aggressive driver, you're not going to make you it. You won't make it. I will tell people: stay at home, raise a family, don't yeah, start farming. Skip you the don't need, stay away. Also, let me go to let me go to Mark here. He says it's about the time. Sometimes, hey Mark, good morning. Good morning, guys. How's everything, Preston? Good, good. ladies. <laughs> We're doing well. I'm doing well. What's yeah, up, buddy? Thank you. <laughs> okay, no, it's 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 definitely the time, guys. You know what I mean? You got to got to definitely time things in Jersey. It's so small, and besides that, you got all the other people that. Came from out of state. They live in Jersey now. That still brought their old states. How they used to drive. Ah, right. <laughs> Are there a lot of people <laughs> moving to gray New Jersey? Ladies, he's like the little gray hairs. You know what I mean? But uh, again, I got a ticket, guys. I got a ticket for uh, being in the left lane. But I deserve more than that ticket, and the cop let me go. How so? so what? What did you deserve? Oh, I uh, speeding. You know, I definitely. Deserve, I was doing like eighty-five. You know, and drunk it, shooting uh, and got out the window. <laughs> No, 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 no. How about smoking a dupe? You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, yeah. Have a nice fat dupe going down the road, you know, and what, what, stuff like that. What was the ticket? What was the price of the ticket for the uh, for the left lane infraction? You know what? That, it was $275, I believe, oh. but it, and it's a moving violation. I Two- never thought that they actually, like, I never heard of anyone actually getting a ticket for that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and I got. I also got a ticket for um, 
Uh, I was speeding one other time, and I got a ticket for littering instead of the speeding ticket. It's cheaper, and you would save money on your insurance. <laughs> 275 bucks for the left lane infraction. What did you litter? What did you do? I was diving down 95 um, from the shore, and where it comes, where that snake is, where 295 and uh, 29 all come together. Yeah. And I was I was in the left lane. I was doing I was doing 85, and the dummies were doing 45 and 50, and the cop came behind me. And he said, I was going kind of fast, and I pulled over real quick. And he's looking at me, and I said, you know, he goes, I said, yeah, I know. I was speeding. He goes, well, you were kind of tailgating. I said, well, did you see the dummies there? And he goes, well, you were kind of close. And so we pulled over. We talked a little bit, and he goes, I'm going to do you a favor, and I'm going to give you a ticket for staying in the left lane. Oh, I thought and you I, said you know, littering. Yeah, littering. I thought you said what littering. What did you throw out no, the window? No, the other, ticket, the other ticket I got a ticket for littering. Yeah. I, I got pulled over the second time. What did you throw out of the car? No, I was sitting in the car. I was smoking a cigarette. And I butted the cigarette, and he goes, do me a favor, throw that out the window. And I threw it out the window, and he gave me a ticket for littering. Oh. So he helped him out. Okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. okay, all right. Interesting. All right. All right. And you started a fire. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Slow <laughs> down, by the way. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah. I hit the button already. Um, worst states for driving. Nick pulled this up. This is from uh, Fox Business. Uh, that uh, New Jersey ranked 43 out of 50, meaning the worst is 50. Oh, okay. Yeah, so because it, go, it goes from best to worst. And, and, uh, uh, What's the best? Uh, Nick, could you scroll up on that? Iowa was number one, and then the worst surprised me. Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, dude, you, it doesn't matter, though, because it's so scenic, well, you don't care. It doesn't say worst drivers. It says worst for driving. for driving, which Hawaii's, uh, especially on Oahu, the okay. uh, the traffic issue is, is nasty there, it's believe a it or not. Crazier, right? I don't know. <laughs> have you guys ever driven in Arizona or Utah? I have. I mean, it is awesome. I would. Nobody's that... out there. Nobody's yeah. out there. Yeah. And it's beautiful. All the vermilion in the uh, distance. Yeah. 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 All yeah, the dude. vermilion. I love vermilion. Yeah. <laughs> no tears. The vermilion looking out there. Joshua Tree. It's beautiful. What is vermilion? Eh, it's like a color. It's yeah. like a color. Yeah. Okay. It's like there's in the distance with all the the, the mountains and and they all change and the change. prairies and the, the oceans white with foam. There's a whole bunch of different colors, but it's the yeah. ground is uh, mm-hmm. is vermilion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Vermilion. vermilion. Oh, okay. It's like tan. Vermilion. Vermilion. Vertrillion. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was just an observation that I had, and I was curious about, it, and I did not want to piss off people from New Jersey, I, and I made it's the reason I brought this up. It, it, because I, I, on this little <laughs> experiment that I did, I kept an eye on the license plates, and I noticed it was people from all over the place. But right. they had this, it, it was just driving New Jersey, in South Jersey is, or at least on the way to the shore and back. It's it's nuts, man. You have legitimate Jersey, uh, Jerseyites, right? Is that yeah. the proper? Uh, New Jersey. Coming to your uh, defense. Yeah, so... so. Anyway, I know people love to bitch about traffic, so <laughs> they sure do. Bring it up. Uh, I want to take a break because we do have Mr. Jim Brewer coming on the program in a moment, and uh, I also want to remind you we have a tattoo Tuesday today—a chance for you to win a Preston Seep tattoo, three hundred fifty dollars gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. Oh, uh, they're at uh, seventeen twenty-nine South Street in Philly, and you can text the word "tattoo" to three nine three three three, and it might win in a little while. We'll come back in a second. We'll see what's up in Brewers World. It's Getting ready for a show in Scranton, and we'll get you the details in a moment. 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Mo Lauda and the Humble. Can't find another reason why this one 
celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Here and see more at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Mo Lauda and the Humble, Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. So, as uh, many consider 2020 to be uh, the worst year on record in their lives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I'm reading this correctly, I believe our next guest has said that it's been the greatest year of his life. Yeah. So I'm glad somebody's having fun. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's a positive take. So let's find out about that. He is going to be performing in Scranton. And this will be at the Circle Drive-In. And uh, tickets are available for the show on September 26th through Circle Drive-In. Circle Drive-In.com. Please welcome our friend Jim Brewer yeah. to the show today. Jim. Good morning, how are we today? <laughs> we we are good. We hear, did I state that correctly at the intro, that this is one of the greatest years of your life this year? I have to say yes for, yeah. 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 So explain the reason. Okay. So every year, because I discovered a lot about what I've always wanted, which I think a lot of people always wanted. Okay. And I'm not talking financially and all that, but what I am talking about is this was the first year. Every year I go, okay, you know what? I'm going to take time off this summer, and I'm going to hang out with all the friends I've been dying to hang out with for years and years and years, and, and then it gets pushed back. Okay, you know what? Next year we're going to take two weeks. Well, from March to this summer, uh, I've never had so much social time. Now, at the same time, I'm not going to lie to you. I felt like uh, a hoodlum, and there was nothing more fun than having gatherings, although some people foam at the mouth going, <laughs> you selfish murderer. <laughs> uh, you know, science says that. So, well, my science says I touched 7,000 hands up until March 12th, and we're all fine. Yeah. But anyway, I had people sneezing on me, pissing on me, drunk in their face. Uh, going, I think I'm so glad you're doing a meet and greet. I'm sorry you spit on your face. I've been on airplanes where people behind me are hacking up a storm with the air. <laughs> and by miracle, you know, three different restaurants a day, uh, 37,000 people. Uh, my science did really well for me. Okay. So, so thank God I was safe and my friends were safe. So we had a lot of gatherings. Like we would take local restaurants and go, listen, I know we're not allowed inside, but here's how we can support you. We'll set up in the parking lot. Oh, God. You're still just delivering and doing takeout. We'll bring our own chairs. Uh, we'll bring our own booze or whatever. And we, at first, it started out with 20 people. Then it turned out to 80. Then it was like a block party. Like, we're going to get in so much trouble. But laughing, togetherness. People started helping each other out. Like, oh, you need help at your uh, basement? I'll come take a look. And, oh, you need tiling? I've never created such a better community in so, my surroundings than so I have in the last uh, couple months. It got you, and a lot of people are saying this, things that they would not have really focused in on and almost had to be forced by the situation 
to yeah. really make the effort to extend the hand out and say, you know what, I'm going to reconnect with this person. I'm going to reconnect with that person. And and just by sheer force of the situation, you 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 got to re enjoy people and realize what's really important. Would that be correct? One hundred percent. I also also saw who's been extremely in the sadder news who was deranged and damaged and brainwashed. <laughs> I mean, there was you. I'd have people videotaping me walking down the street with no mask on and literally smashing the telephone poles because they were more obsessed driving with their mask on by themselves in the car. Me walking down the street, you know, breathing my death air uh, in in the wide open, which also apparently is dangerous. I guess Corona hangs out in trees and in alleyways waiting for you. But I could not believe how extreme people got. And you can tell everyone that watches the news, Everyone that believes everything that's being told to them, and you saw the fear and the madness in humanity, and I still see it, but it it really gave me a calm to know, wow, okay, well, when you unplug, it's amazing what peace you get and what safety you get. Where so, so you're do- this show, this drive-in show, and yeah. when when it was mentioned, we, yeah. we all had the same reaction. Like, yeah. Jim Brewer is created for the drive-in show. Like, a Rita Rudner? Probably not. But a Jim Brewer, yes. You bring you you are yourself a self-contained pyrotechnic experience. Ha- you've done these before. Yep. What's your experience? What do you bring to that stage? Well, the first thing, it's, it's not easy for a comedian doing these. And it, it's, uh, I, I will tell you, it's been... Um, it it took a couple it took one or two as a challenge to go okay i can bring a lot more to this table it's more of a concert atmosphere yeah yeah and 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 now that i know by the second one i went oh, oh, oh i know how to fun this 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 allows me to have a whole different angle so right. the last the last one i think it was in new hampshire and by the time i was done i I had, I had them chanting things. We were, we were. Uh, there was a, a funny song in the middle of it that we all just created, along with just stand up and some of the stand up. I can hear the crowd laughing, but it's very hard. I just, I'm used to this. Hey, man, when you tour at Metallica and you're in the middle of the crowd. For, especially in Philadelphia, right? I think that was one of the rowdiest concerts. Uh, you, when I'm in the round with twenty thousand lions, oh, oh, and all I got is a, ta- a top hat and a bullwhip. Yeah, uh, uh, this is a pleasure to do a drive-in, and I feed off of everything that's going on in that situation. So, so you got, and we we actually were here. We had uh, the live-in drive-in. Uh, Burke Kreischer came and did a, did a uh, a show. Again, you know, listen, people are just uh, thrilled to have live comedy of this nature uh, and, and be out and, and, and do it. And, and this tour is the new normal. And so you're obviously, are you, it's, this is an all new set, I assume? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's a completely, you know, every time I go out, I always have a new set. I get bored. I get bored one night after the other. If I had the same set all year, I'd lose my mind. I would lose my mind. 
it's not a bad thing or a good thing. I have a lot of respect for people that keep same set or go word for word. Right. I just I just can't do it. I can't. I'll lose my mind. I, I, I love I, every seen, show is different. I've seen you a number of times. I've never seen the same show. I'll see you like work in crowd favorites here and there, uh, you know, because yeah. there's stuff that you do and you'll do that to please yeah. the crowd. But it, it, it definitely has a you're adapting to that evening, that audience, and you're creating a new show each time. Yeah. And I love doing that. It keeps me alive. It really keeps me alive. I did a different show. My first drive in compared to the next drive-in, compared to the New Hampshire one. And then now I'm working out. Uh, I've been working out in uh, Jersey, to, in New Brunswick. And so I'm keeping up with the times and how people feel. I like putting a pulse on what people are feeling. Right. With, without bringing politics, without bringing the angry emotions, but let's just exploit the big elephant in the room and see where we can find the funny and relatability here. And it's been working really well for so me. So to that point, you have you have your deal. And that is, like, for example, you, you have kids. Is there homeschooling going on or what's the situation uh, with that? How are you dealing with all that that home stuff, oldest, with the Zoom stuff? Oldest one is uh, oldest one is done. She's done with college. The although she's home. All my kids are home. I have 21, 18, 15. The, the right. 18 year old was supposed to go to Udell. They went online, so she said, I'm not doing that. I'll, I'll wait till next year. So they, they deferred her. So she goes online with a local college, which is great because it's like five grand. And I don't have to, have, you know. No offense, but when my first one went to college, 18 years, I love you, life is wonderful. She came back after three months, sexist, racist, gender, can't say that, can't say that, sexist, right? I'm like, I'm ordering Chinese food. What happened to you in three months? Right. So I don't have that infiltration in the mind and not paying 40 grand for that. Well, so I mean, it blows it blows my mind. Like, like I think some of the schools, some of the online schools, are charging full, yeah, full full tuition, and it's like, I mean, like, listen, I, I, I think the idea of taking like a like a like a pause year if you're not if you're yeah. not into it that that makes sense. And there are many. Listen, outside of even a pandemic, I'm sure a lot of people regret not taking a year to sort of figure out what they wanted to do in the first place. Well, not only that, a cool thing that's happened around here is. The high schools too, you know, education over time they they have been infiltrated by certain views. So, what's cool is if I'm a teacher and I'm in the union or whatever, and I'm making X amount of dollars a year, this is a golden opportunity to take five to ten kids that are families that all know each other. You don't have to worry about getting sick and all that jazz. Charge two fifty a kid for the week. You're making a couple thousand a week, and you're making six, seven, six figures by the end of the year. You're making up your own time. You don't have to. There's and there's a group of us that started uh, doing that. And I tell you what, 
<laughs> I, I'd be shocked if that doesn't knock out some some well, schools you're for, gonna, for what we put our lives through. Well, you're going to have a lot of people were doing that and deciding, you know, trying to figure out how to play this. A lot of people, we, uh, you know, our, our mindset is you, you you try to, you know, everyone there's everyone has ser- serious concerns on on all sides, and you you try to yeah. be as understanding of everybody's angle yeah. on this. But as as far as being the 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 respite from that. You being out there providing something that's a little bit, you know, different is cool. I wanted to ask you because I saw Metallica has been working. They've been able to work. They've been able, I guess they've been testing and doing all that stuff. And they've been working on albums and all that stuff. You're buds with those guys. How's your interaction been with them? Well, it's been good. I know know that I've had, I know this, James is always extremely creative and during this, he's probably been uh, the most creative he's been in a while. And I know they're super excited putting stuff together. And they are, it, it's keep, it kept that machine moving. And it's going to keep moving. And uh, I bet you they're, they're going to be a well-oiled machine, which they always are. Right. When they start going out next year, God willing. And whatever they're going to do, I don't know. What about what about you in the music? Wise. What about you? Because huh? you know, you that was that was. I mean, that was a diversion for you. For I mean, you got serious about it, and it was the result was pretty damn cool. It, it was. It was really freaking cool. It was. Uh, are you talking? Are you, yeah, are you when talking you about, when you tore it through here, when you, you uh, yeah. Oh, that I, I I always said that was the greatest gig I ever had in my life, and the reason why I say that is. I got to be with one of the greatest bands of all time. But besides that, I'm in an industry that's nonstop, egomaniac, vanity-driven, uh, egotistical. It just it's so there was none of that touring with Metallica. It was nothing right. but being around. It was like hanging out with everyone you ever grew up with and you wanted to be around. There was no... There was no tension. There was no, you can't say that. There was no, oh, uh, we have to stick to these guidelines. It's just to have Lars go, Jim, all the freedom is up to you. You figure out how you want to keep them moving along. You don't have to be funny. Don't don't stress on being funny. We just want everyone somewhat entertained until we get up there. And it's like, and every night he'd come up to me. Before he's ready to go on stage, right in the hallway, and he go, "Is there?" A-? He come right up to me, and go, "Is there anything that we can do to make your situation better?" And he did that for about two weeks, and then he realized, "Dude, we're good. Okay, we'll do our thing. Do our thing. Life is good. I'm hearing good things. Yeah. That's all he needs to know." Was- and it was, and as far as that, except for you know, TV and all that. It's just, ah, it's just, <laughs> A lot of egos, man. A lot of egos. <laughs> well, it's clear you don't suffer that well, but here you have your you're in your element. It's the Circle Drive-In Theater in Scranton. Tickets are still available, or are they? I'm going to assume they are. Yeah, but uh, or else we wouldn't be talking. <laughs> yes, we'd, we'd talking. just just not our general friendship would be enough to spawn a conversation. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely call this morning conversation, but uh, I'm assuming there. Are... Uh, let's let's just say it might have massaged this conversation. 
<laughs> it's uh, September 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, we listen, these drive-in shows, they do work, especially when someone is big on stage the way you are, and it can be a blast. And it's sort of just a uh, a, a nice feeling that you're moving towards, uh, you know, a sense of normalcy. So uh, we, We're going to have fun that night. Yeah. That I promise you. And right. you're going to feel a lot better when it's over. I can promise you that, too. That's been the reaction to pretty much every one of my shows. If you if you go on my Instagram and Facebook and you see when I post things after my shows, I haven't – usually I get at least one going, you know what? You should drop dead. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now what? It's been overwhelming. Oh, my God, thank you. We needed that. And so that's a good feeling. I'm going to keep doing it, and I'll see you in Scranton in uh, two weeks. Awesome, All right, man. All right, see you later. Brewer, man. All right. Yeah. Masks required, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's what it says on my sheet here right here. So, anyway, uh, tickets are on sale, and you can get those at circledrive-in.com, by the way. Uh, speaking of masks, there's a clip, there's a PSA that Paul Rudd did, uh, and he is apparently the designated young person. So, he's he's playing, he's, the, the joke is they wanted a millennial, which he is not. So he figured, I got this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak millennial speak. Yeah, and it's actually really funny. It, it, he's he's so jamming it. <laughs> well, you can listen to a bit of it. Here we go. Yo, what up, dudes? Paul Rudd here, actor and certified young person. A few days ago, I was talking on the iPhone with my homie Governor Cuomo, and he's just going off about how us millennials need to wear masks because get this: apparently, a lot of COVID is transmitted by us millennials. No cap. So Quom's asked me, he's like, Paul, you got to help. What are you, like 26? And I didn't correct him. So fam, let's real talk. Masks, they're totally beast. So slide that into your DMs and twitch it. Vibe check. Yes, queens like ourselves. We want to go to bars. We want to drink, hook up, do our TikToks. I get it. I'm not going to preach at you like some celebrity. Ugh. This is a combo where I talk and you shut up and wear your mask. Hello? Oh, hi, Billie Eilish. What's that? You're wearing your mask? Man, I want to stan you. You're so my bae. Yo, wait, I want to what you? Stan, S-T-A-N. Yeah. I know. Like, fan but, out. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Oh, listen, hype beasts. Masks protect you and your dank squad because caring about other people is the new not caring about other people. Now that's thick. <laughs> you want a challenge? How about a stop the pandemic challenge? What about that? What about a save grandma challenge? That fun enough for you? <laughs> Name is Paul, and I'm six feet tall almost. And <laughs> I wear my mask, and it's all I ask <laughs> that you wear your mask. Please wear your mask. Just wear a mask. Just wear a mask. It's easy. It's simple. Please. It's not hard. People are dying. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying. And it's preventable. It's preventable. Just wear a mask. I shouldn't have to make it fun. It's science. It's it's science. No. <laughs> I love it. Does he come back? Yeah. Look at us. Hey, hey, look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought wearing masks would be a problem? Oh, so it's the guy that from the uh, the hot wing, the um, right, right, the hot sauce show. So, so they're doing it and they're trying oh, to eat the mask. Where, where they eat the yeah. wings and he's got the mask on and they're Not trying me. to eat wings through the mask. <laughs> we got to yeet this virus. Oi.
of the oit, but all, all right. the other stuff I've heard. Oh, is that oit? what that was? Oit? Okay. I guess so. Oit. Oit. Uh, so, yeah, I love Paul Rudd. He's awesome. Uh, did you guys know that this apparently was supposed to have taken place last night? A gigantic migration of birds yeah. flew across Pennsylvania. Wait, don't tell Wait. me you saw this, Kathy. No, yes. I, I, I'm not kidding you. But I've been seeing it the past couple of days. We saw it over the weekend, um, and we saw more yesterday. Like, like tons of them. Uh, Where are you seeing it, Mike? Up in, in the, the sky? sky? Yes. No, okay. I saw uh, a whole bunch of dead birds in uh, Washington on Sunday afternoon. I don't know if you they guys They don't saw migrate that. as much, do they? <laughs> no, no. Uh, so, according to BirdCast, which is a thing. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, more than 50,000 birds per square mile hmm. uh, could be flying over south. Uh, it said flying, oh, could be flying south above Harrisburg. This was yesterday by 7 p.m. And then uh, over Philadelphia. What are they? they, they, they 41,000 birds. So what do they let their itineraries be known? Or does a PR firm handle all their travel plans? I'm telling you, it, it was... Um, you could tell it was something different. It wasn't just a, a group of birds flying around. Like they were, they were all together. There was a lot of them, and they were all headed in the were same direction. Were they making high pitched sort of chirping sounds? Mm-hmm. No, you could just you could hear them flying. They weren't okay. making it, like, but it made you look up. Like you were like, "Whoa, what Whoa. was that?" Uh, Birdcast, a project of the Cornell Lab of Ornithology and Colorado State University, applies weather surveillance radar. To gather information on the numbers, the flight directions, the speeds, and altitudes of birds aloft to develop the uh, the forecasts known as bird cast alert. So they're catching them on the radar. That's how they're able to determine the size of the migrating flock. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the project notes that high-intensity nocturnal migration may not necessarily mean an excellent day of birding because a lot of them were at night. Excellent. <laughs> Rather, it means that large numbers of birds are migrating or predicted to migrate at night. Kathy, so, what, I'm sorry. What time did you see this, Kathy? Uh, so let's see. Uh, or last week, we saw it in the afternoon, like later afternoon over the weekend. It was closer towards the evening. Uh, and yesterday was uh, late evening. Are we? So we're in the height of migratory yes. movement for these, for these birds. We are. Yeah. OK. And, and so some obviously will be a little bit later. Yeah, and like then the dead to, birds just kind of stay where they are. They don't really go very yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you go up to Hawk Mountain next month in in October, that's a great time to see um, like uh, uh, birds of prey migrating. So next, so I'm committed to yeah. go this year. Yeah, because Marissa went. She didn't see squat. Marissa went at the exact wrong time of year to go. Yeah, but <laughs> if you go up in the fall, she saw one guy taking a leak. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> listen. Who doesn't want to see that? I mean, there's there's upsides to everything. Yeah, yeah. If you go in the uh, when Marissa went, there's smaller crowds. If you go in the in around October, now through October, uh, middle of November, uh, crowds get pretty big because there's a lot of birds. However, um, that's the reason you're going to go to Hawk Mountain in the first place. So uh, I went a place near there not that long ago, and uh, it's it's great. You can I mean, if you're into birding, and I know Kathy is, it's a cool place <laughs> to go and see. Well, things. also for hiking, um, yeah. go around sunrise. Yes, because yes. Uh, well, you're going to see birds. Also, uh, there's less people there. Yeah, earlier you get there, the better. Uh, so their advice, though, is to check your local patch. Check your local patch? And I'm looking at it right now. And listen out your window and look to the skies <laughs> to seek out those migrants that have arrived at, of our passing or are passing through your area. Do you have a local bird patch that you check out? Not mm-hmm. that I have in a while, no. Well, the John Hines uh, refuge down by the airport is... 
I, um, I, I Patchastic. Well, it's packed with birds. Yep, it's a good yeah. place to go. And uh, you can also Which go is th- convenient to have it right by an airport. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, there's bald eagles there. Um, and if you go, there's one, Casey, down in Cape May um, that's uh, in between Cape May Point and Cape May Proper. Yep, there's at- also one uh, just south of Diamond Beach, another one well, wait in a second. Stone Harbor. On the airport one, the airport sanctuary. Is it a sanctuary? John Hines National Wildlife Okay, uh, you're saying you can see bald eagles there? Yeah. Have you seen bald eagles there? I sure have. Have you hung out with them? Uh, No. I saw a nesting bald eagle there uh, two or three years ago, and it was one of those things where uh, I tried taking a photo of it, and the photo just was was like a a big black dot. Okay. It was pathetic, but... I, I like doing things like this, and uh, and so I find joy in that. I found out something uh, while researching shore homes that on the Delaware Bay, uh, so uh, Cape May area, Delaware Bay, every May there is a gigantic horseshoe crab mating thing that takes place. Yeah. And right after that happens, there's a bird yeah. influx yeah. because they're going to eat all the, they eat the condoms. They're eating the leftovers. They're not the condoms. Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, and so apparently, birders from all over the world really flock. No pun yeah. intended. Oh. Yeah. Uh, to that area to come down and and look at birds. They What's do. the progression? So the horseshoe crabs come in and mate. Yep. And then and then and then what happens? Uh, I guess there's loads of eggs and and carcasses and things like that left over. And others uh, French and fries. So, so the birds come in. Well, there's always French fries. Yeah. They also and, stir up stuff at the on, on the beach. So like, okay. uh, it's oh not just the horseshoe God. crabs and the eggs that are left behind, but they they cause birds to come in. And yeah, birds birders from all over the place come see these. Yeah. Things. So we researched a little yeah. bit and we asked around. They're like, yeah, it's like the National Geographic around here uh-huh. uh, around that time of year. So it's in uh, I guess maybe early mid May and then early June. I assume. It clears out after that, right? Because who the hell wants a beach that looks like that literally with horseshoe crabs? Yeah, it's only a certain, like, it's like a week or two, and that's <sighs> it. And so, uh, yeah. That's pretty wild. We were down there walking around this weekend, there were horseshoe crabs all over the place. Yeah. Banging so, their brains out? No, they weren't. It wasn't. Oh, that's in May. Oh, oh you're right. We, we just saw the, the They're horseshoe just flirting. Crabs. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, nah, they were having cigarettes. They were like, man, that was good. God damn, yeah. that was good. Yeah. <laughs> they celebrate for months afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but September, apparently, according to the National Audubon Society, September is peak migration time for millions of songbirds heading south for temperature north uh, from temperate uh, North America to more tropical latitudes. Does it specify which bird species in particular? Yes, most migrate at night. Orioles, warblers, sparrows, and tanagers, I guess, or how you say that, tanagers? I don't yep. know. What about titmice? Uh, there's no tits on here. The no. wood thrush, that's um, a good one. The thrush, yeah, okay. Uh, the Sibley Guide to Birds. It's a great book for nerds like me. Mm-hmm. What about the throbbing dongs? Throbbing <laughs> dongs are great. Is it titmice or titmouses? I, I, I'm not sure. Probably oh. titmouses. That's a good question. Yeah, because you, you, the, the mice is the plural of mouse. The, the titmouse right. is a bird, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And there's a, a it's like the throbbing dong. The blue tit is a <laughs> is a uh, is bird. Uh, so nocturnal migrants of the same... The blue waffle is the same thing, Preston. They they migrate as well. Uh, species call as they fly, enabling flock mates to stick together. Mm. Uh, many of these flight calls are distinctive, enabling those with an excellent ear or good recording gear... I'm to going I- out to record the, uh, the wobbler. ...to identify them as they pass. If you think of your bird and you lose your buddy in that sort of swarm... You know, if you're having a conversation yeah. and like, uh, you know, you get distracted and you're like, oh, 
And to me, so many of those birds share what I would call common features. It's rare that you'll see a bird with a mustache or a different hairstyle mm-hmm, or something. So, right. you know, the, the fact that they can isolate and notice and recognize is, is rather oh, amazing. It's a, the plural is titmice. Oh, it, it is? is titmice, yeah. okay. That's the interesting. Tufted titmouse. And when there's more than one, it's the tufted titmice. Uh, so uh, the trans-Pennsylvania migration is part of a transcontinental mass movement of nearly, get this, 900 million birds God over the next two nights. That's Nine pretty cool. So these are the million. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's like coming in and out of an Eagles game. Yeah. Uh, so I think, obviously, seagulls are annoying. But if you take a good look That's at them, the seagull. they are they're really pretty birds. They are and beautiful. There, there are, I need to know um, the different kinds because there I see a few different there's one that basically looks like an eagle, uh, and then there are the other Perhaps ones. Perhaps it's with, an eagle. With, 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 no, it's not. Okay. It's not. One with, the, like, the black beak. I had one this summer uh, hang out with me and my wife. We were just sitting there. Me Is him. this your wife? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Diane. Yeah, Casey's told me so much about you. <laughs> but he hung out with us. I mean, he sat there with us probably for at least 10 minutes, probably, like, 15 minutes. Just... Me, him, and my wife just sitting there in, you know, in our beach chairs. And I've never... What time do you wake up in the morning and do the show? <laughs> it's usually the same question most people yeah. ask. Yeah. Right? yeah. Most yeah. birds ask of radio But they want to know your schedule. Yeah. Well, he's like, well, I'm already up by that point. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I'm, well, I'm more nocturnal. Yeah. Uh, so he hung out with you for 10 minutes? Yeah, but more so I wanted I to know go. how many different types of... And, and are we uh, calling them... Yeah, look, I um, <laughs> got to go over there. <laughs> There's some garbage over there. I'm going to go over to that garbage over there. And, uh, Are you sure we got some pizza? No, I'm, I'm good. I, uh, you know? I see some, some garbage over there. I'm going to go check that garbage out over there. Go to the garbage. I don't need you here anymore. Yeah, thank you. Um, are we incorrectly calling seagulls seagulls that aren't actually seagulls? They're actually something else. There's a whole bunch of different uh, subspecies, and, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, listen, I know it's nerdy and dorky, but I find a little bit of zen in it, and getting outside and bird watching to me, is enjoyable. And this book, The Sibley Guide to Birds, uh, Casey, identifies, if you're actually curious and, and want to find out the difference between different types of seagulls, this has it. Do you okay. know where the name James Bond comes from? I don't. James Bond is it's a book. It was a, it was a bird watcher, a bird expert. Ian Fleming saw the name. That was the author of a particular oh, book. Yeah, I think was I did James know. Bond, and that became the name of the secret is agent that, uh, that is beloved. Jamaica related or something Ian, like that? Well, Ian Fleming, Goldeneye, which is where uh, Ian Fleming lived. Uh, in Jamaica, which is now a the uh, hoity-toity um, sort of resort, yeah. uh, and uh, so that's where he lived. And he saw the book on his coffee table, and he's creating this beloved secret agent that's become the center of my life. And uh, the, yeah, so he's into birds. It's good enough for that See, guy. You're building bridges, Steve. There we go. Not Are you going to go? See, you should go stay at that resort. Somewhere. Actually, I have my years ago. My wife got me sort of a a, a gift certificate towards that, and we're going to go down there. It's just because it's so. It's it's like a boutique sort of um, thing. Preston, you go and and every room has James Bond books and and the, the movies and, and the whole thing. And it's it's where Doctor No in that yeah. general area was shot. Yes, I'm, long story short, I'm going to get down there. You're exactly right. So the the nine million birds over the next two nights is expected to be one of the heaviest migration periods of the fall. The Pennsylvania Natural Heritage Program urged at night artificial lights can confuse birds and cause them to become disoriented or fly into buildings. Where does Casey live? Mm-hmm. And to protect these migrating birds, it says turn off as many of your outdoor lights as possible. 
from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. both evenings. This small action can give can have a big impact on the safety of our migratory species. Have you ever had a bird fly into a window or a? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I told you I find dead birds every now and then because they fly into my basketball uh, backboard. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And you I have those flamethrowers that shoot up into the sky too. I had one trapped under my uh, windshield wiper the other day. I told you guys about it. I turned it on. I didn't know the bird was there, and it streaked bird guts all across my windshield. It was pretty nasty. Is that better okay? than Rainex? He's okay. Is he okay? Now he hangs out at the beach with the, the, the Fosters. I was going down to the beach this weekend, but I guess that won't happen. I'm a windshield bird. Mm-hmm. All right, anyhow, I thought that was kind of interesting, the fact that that many, and, and for some reason, well, I guess this is this is the, the, the path in their flight was over Pennsylvania yesterday and today. So keep that in mind. You may, you may see a, That's pretty wild. a lot more birds. It is amazing to see it, even if yeah. you're staunchly opposed to birds as is Caddy. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to take a break and come back and remind you, though, that we do have a Tattoo Tuesday. It is your chance to win a $350 gift certificate uh, for floating, world tattoo, and piercing. Uh, so text the word tattoo to 39333, and we will get a winner before the show is up. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, gang, it's safe to say we've never seen anything quite like 2020. Challenging, uncertain, unprecedented. Go ahead, pick an adjective, any adjective. We'll wait. We've been through a lot, probably with more to come, but we've stuck together like Philly always does. It's pretty easy to feel helpless, but there are a few things we can do. Like social distancing, avoiding large crowds, and wearing a mask when you're out in public. It might seem like a pain, but it's nothing compared to what some people are dealing with. So let's do the things we can do while we have to, and we'll get this great city and great country back to normal. A message from your friends at 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Let's dive into the Bizarre Files. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre Files. All right, we are going to start with this story. It's out of Java, East Java, but it involves some mask holes. Uh, eight people were ordered by local authorities to dig graves for those who have died of COVID-19 as punishment for not wearing face masks in public. The district head, Siono, uh, said that he punished residents who did not wear face masks by making them dig graves at a public cemetery. Said there are only three available grave diggers at the moment, so I thought it might be, uh, I might as well put these people to work with them. Uh, Adding that local authorities made sure that the health protocol violators did not participate in the burials. Uh, To assist the grave diggers, Siono had assigned two people to each uh, grave. One is tasked with digging the grave while the other lays wooden boards inside the hole to support the corpse. He said, hopefully, this can create a deterrent effect against violations. So that is what they are doing in East Java. Officers from Japan arrested a man for underwear theft. Now, while underwear theft is sadly not uncommon in Japan, what made this case unusual is the fact that the underwear stolen was actually a man's thong or a (laughs) G-string. So, are they taking it off the individual at gunpoint, no, 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 or are no, no, they no, taking no. it out of, like, a laundry basket? Kind of like that. All a- right. According to police, the theft occurred when the suspect took the G-string, or T-back, as they're known in Japan, mm. from the balcony of a ground-floor apartment where it was hanging out to dry. The owner of the T-back was a 38-year-old man who lived on the ground floor of a two-story apartment block with his wife and two children. Police say the eldest daughter noticed a suspicious figure standing on the balcony 
And when her mother called out to the man, he ran off at full speed. Her, <laughs> father, her father, who owned the teaback, was not home at the time. The culprit was later identified from security camera footage, leading police to arrest a 19-year-old apprentice painter who admitted to stealing the underwear. When police asked the thief why he had stolen the man's G-string, he became confused and said, no way that was for a man. <laughs> it appears the thief thought he, second, this is a dude's. he had run away with a pair of women's undies and <sighs> oh, had, yeah. hadn't realized he'd actually... You got to be my regular Sunday night thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stole the man's G-string. Oh, yeah. I bet that this woman is a beautiful. Uh, police say several items of women's underwear were found in the 19-year-old's home, uh, prompting them to, to investigate oh, the possible... Yeah. Imp- you going to be my regular Saturday night thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Possible involvement in other <laughs> cases of underwear theft in the area. I uh, have you ever worn a thong like that, like a, like a like a as a joke? Yes, and they are uncomfortable. My the underwear I'm wearing today is yeah. slightly crawling up my ass. And <laughs> I can't right. stand it. like a thong. I can't stand it's it. Horrible. It drives it's me horrible, crazy. So no, I can't ever no. imagine. God bless wearing... women who do it, and it looks phenomenal. I'm sure you Jesus. do. Jesus, yeah. women. I don't do... wear anything but them. Okay, then I don't you wear... have any. Full booty undies. <laughs> okay, so you wear like g-strings or? Uh... I mean, I'm not wearing like the tiny little thing with like chains oh, and rhinestones yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on it. Uh, so, is it uncomfortable? Or did you get used to it? Uh, I, I mean, I guess you get used to it. Yeah. it's what I wear. I think they're. Yeah, it can be uncomfortable. And, like, for me to think of, like, the little teeny strip, like, G-string, like, mm-hmm. that I think would be uncomfortable for me. Okay. I just, and then when you, um, okay, so you're more thong than G-string. Yeah. Okay. I, oh, I, don't, I couldn't. I, <laughs> and it would, I, it would uh, with me, I think of guys think it's, when you, wedgie. it's going to stink. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not what I'm, I'm, oh. I don't, I just don't like the feeling. I don't sniff my underwear afterwards. I know, that's, so that's our job. What I think we should say? all pick a morning where we do it. Like okay. The, the guys wear thongs. Where we all wear G-strings yeah, or thongs? For, for a day. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll absolutely. I've worn it before. Okay. <laughs> all right. What'd you say? You're not ahead. You wouldn't do it? Nah. This is okay. a test? We nah. could see who would last the longest all right. through the show. Casey would probably be out. Well, I mean, is there a prize? Yeah. Pizza? Right. I, I thought pizza. of something. Dude. Uh, I'm in. Okay. You got him. Wait, where's the pizza from? Stop it. Okay. Not from that kosher place. Pinocchio's. All right. There you go. Not I'm in. That kosher okay. place. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm going to buy underwear while you do this next story. All right. All right thank you. A uh, man in Nebraska. I'm, see- a, I'm a large. <laughs> okay. Police in Lincoln, Nebraska say a 21 year old man went into a Walgreens early Monday morning and bought cigarettes. He also showed his driver's license to the clerk to prove his age. And then he jumped over the counter and grabbed money out of the cash register mm-hmm. for running out of the store. The Walgreens worker gave police a copy of the man's <laughs> driver's license as it was sitting there after he left. He didn't think that through, did he? No. Uh, the man gave you my information. Here's my social security. Ha ha! <laughs> he turned himself in by that night. Uh, toddlers get into all sorts of strange trouble. A Florida family recently filmed the process of removing a toilet seat from around their two-year-old's neck. It was like a kid's t- uh, yes. training toilet seat. Yeah. Uh, the boy's mother, Abby Paul, said that she only took her eyes off of her son, Reuben, for a few seconds 
when he managed to get the training toilet stuck around his neck. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at a picture. I'm the poor kid. After struggling to remove the seat, Ruben's dad grabbed a saw and carefully cut the seat <laughs> off of his son in a safe manner. Poor little guy. <laughs> I love that when... when it looks a, like a robot. I love when adults try to get in kids' toys, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. Know, cars and things, and get this stuck or funny. swings, and then they have to get cut out by the fire department. Who was the... We, <laughs> there was the story of the woman who... Uh, she was like a college-age uh, woman, got up into the seat of a, like a Target shopping yeah. cart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Couldn't get out. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It happens. Probably not a good idea. One last story. A family that rented an Airbnb in the upstate New York town of Spring Glen refused to stay after they found that it had what author Frederick Joseph described as devil worship decor. Mm. And they wanted their money back from Airbnb, which they did ultimately get. Joseph said... Did you enjoy the place? (laughs) I left pop and potato chips there for you. Uh, I hope you had a good time. Joseph wrote about the experience on Twitter saying... Was it not to your liking? That he paid $1,150 for two nights for him, his fiance. We're looking forward to having you and your fiance visit. I'm sure you'll have a great time. <laughs> his 21-year-old cousin and his 8-year-old brother at the two-bedroom home uh, that the listing described as having a, quote, Scandinavian vibe. That's a really nice Scandinavian vibe. <laughs> and it showed normal-looking photos, but he said that they found, quote, seemingly satanic items and stuff for witchcraft rituals. When they arrived, uh, the they included what Joseph said were animal skulls and ritualistic floor markings in the basement, with the markings leading to a door that opened to a bathtub outside surrounded by unlit candles. We have some hula hoops out there for you, too. Uh, Joseph also found photos, candles, and books seemingly uh, dedicated to rituals, which he said looked devil uh, like devil worship. Yes. Along with uh, demon-like figurines and a bag with what looked like a headless taxidermied bird inside. Uh, You you don't want that? Joseph said they contacted Airbnb and the owner offered to remove anything that made them uncomfortable, but they still didn't want to stay, saying that it made the entire family feel unsafe. Airbnb at first said that they wouldn't refund Joseph's money, and he tweeted that he was disappointed. We are so sad. And uh, they ended up uh, getting the money back, and they apologized, quote, for the delay in providing support. I wonder if you were of a, the uh, the type of person that would be into having something satanic. If you how, how specific or how wide is the variety of homes available or dwellings available on Airbnb? Do they have subcategories that, that pertain to different specific let's say you're into that could Maybe. you find an airbnb to cater to that nick found photos taken of this place and not only did it have some satanic stuff but it had like a little toy where a dog is is having sex with a woman <laughs> And yeah. there's topless pictures of women. Wow. And, uh, at, at Fred T. Joseph is the his Twitter handle. And, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty I interesting. I go by the name of Fred Joseph. <laughs> it's pretty interesting feed. No, he's the guy that stayed there. Oh, oh. Satan. <laughs> My name is Fred. Fred Joseph. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that would be a little disturbing. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you can find themed. I've never really spent much time on Airbnb and, and uh, whether you can find themed, yeah. uh, uh, you know, places to stay or not. Well, we we didn't do it through Airbnb, but when we stayed down in Disney a few years back, the houses that we rented, uh, we yes. didn't stay on premises. We stayed about uh, in this little town, uh, gated community, and like, dude, all the rooms were themed. It was awesome. You know, they had like a princess room, then they had a cars room, and you know, I stayed oh, in the cars. Room. The cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tomato. I'm sleeping on Mater. <laughs> I slept in Lightning McQueen. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so. 
Was that because you were searching for Disney rental properties, or you think? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, like, I wonder if you so, talk about being a James Bond fan. Is, is there is there someone who has you know? I assume that's got to be somebody has to offer something like that, right? Right. For the vacationer. All right. We'll have to find out. Uh, we got to take a break, though. We're going to come back and we're going to test your knowledge of today's program with a lesson question. And uh, Trashy Music News is coming up, too, so stay with us. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them, too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We are going to do the lesson question, and today uh, we are going to give away a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. I got to go there. The correct answer. What kind of museum was recently added to the Just Saying Institute? 215-263-WMMR. This is to test if you had been listening earlier this morning. What kind of museum was recently added to the Just Saying Institute? 215-263-WMMR. Give us a call now if you know. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, let's get the stories. What's up this morning, Steve? Well, diminutive actor Josh Hutcherson sharing his thoughts on where his Hunger Games character Pita and Katniss would be now. Josh told Us Weekly that Katniss would no doubt be holding Pita's car keys over her head while he furiously jumped up and down grabbing for it. <laughs> oh, my God. 90-day fiance. Beyonce star Larissa Lima reportedly spent $72,000 to look like Kylie Jenner. Unfortunately for Lima, it reportedly took $200,000 for Kylie Jenner to look like Kylie Jenner. (laughs) And finally, New York City Mayor de Blasio announcing that this year's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade will be a virtual event. However, de Blasio is promising that the virtual parade will, quote, knock your socks off if you have incredibly ill-fitting socks that fly off all the time anyway. (laughs) And that's your Hollywood All righty. We'll see if somebody has the answer to this question. And we want to know what's the latest museum that was recently added to the Just Seeing Institute, 215-263-WMMR. And I will go to Eric to see if he knows. Say, hey, Eric, good morning. Good morning. All right, Eric, what kind of museum was recently added to the Just Seeing Institute? A Bunt Cake Museum. That is correct. Yeah! One moment, sir. We're getting that right, and I don't know if they have bunt cake for dessert or not at the Bonefish Grill, but you can find out, and we'll give you a $50 gift card. Bonefish Grill helps make feeding families easy and delicious this fall season. You can check out their expanded menu featuring all-time favorites, new surf and turf pairings, and family bundles starting at $30 for up to five people. You can order online at bonefishgrill.com and delivery from DoorDash and Uber Eats or dine-in whenever you are ready. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, and it is brought to you by Salus University. Salus University offers some of the fastest-growing and highest-paid health professions in the country, including optometry and audiology. Salus University, the future of health science since 1919. Uh, to apply, visit salus.edu. Ten-year-old Nandy Bushell has gotten yet another surprise from her favorite musician. That's Dave Grohl. Yesterday, via social media, uh, a song he wrote and played just for her is what she got. How cool is that? Grohl also enlisted the help of his three daughters, whom he dubbed the Grohlettes. 
to sing backup. And he captioned the clip, Oh, Nandy Bushell, round two. He said, every superhero needs a theme song. Here's one for you. Mad prop to, props to the Grolettes for the backing vocals. And we have uh, some of this. He uh, addressed directly to her. So here right. we go. Round two. Dave Crosby cooking up something special. I'm sure it's epic. Let's see what he's been up to. Okay, Nandy. You got me. You win round one. But I got something special for you. Something you've never heard before. Something I've never heard before. Because I'm about to write this off the top of my head for you. Video shows her watching it, yeah. and she's just standing there with her hands on her side of the face and mouth wide open. So I mean, you just had Dave Grohl write you as like a superhero <laughs> anthem and perform it it's and badass. do a video for she's, it. She's gonna have to use that as her theme song. Oh my god, on her on her videos. So uh, she is just the most adorable thing in the world and a really talented little musician. Why don't you challenge him to something so he'll write us a theme? You know song what? Present. Let me get on that. Yeah, I yeah. think he'll uh, he'll he's he has no choice but to respond to that. Hi. Right. My name is Preston, and I'm mm-hmm. 12 years old, and I love having Did you want to do something for a, for a radio show? So a little fun back and forth. Uh, I've been following her on social media for a while, over a year now, and I'm sure I haven't looked at her numbers, but they've had to have gone strat- through the stratosphere at this point. So uh, it's a lot of fun. They're back and forth. I love it. Hey, uh, Godsmacks, Sully Erna and Staines Aaron Lewis are going to be joining forces to hit the road on the American Drive-In Tour. Uh, the two men will perform their hits together side by side in an intimate and unplugged setting uh, beginning October 1st. And look at the dates. I didn't see anything coming to our area as of yet. Uh, Lewis Stinks! Uh, said Sully uh, and I. Stinks! Sully and I have uh, been friends for 25 years, uh, but we've been talking about doing something for the last 10 years. The, the time has come, finally, and I couldn't be more excited to be bringing this to you in such strange times. Uh, they do plan to add some more dates, so we'll let you know if that's going to end up happening. You're better than that! <laughs> uh, Disturbed has come back with an unlikely cover. I was curious, and I had to listen to it, and it's actually not bad. Can I guess? Yeah. Mambo number five? No. no, but it's Stings, If I Ever Lose My Faith in You. I love that song. Yeah, but you wouldn't think Disturbed no, would, I would cover not, that. Because there's usually a little more dour. And it's great. For the first Stinks. two and a half minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, and and then, and then they disturbify it, oh. and and it's it's and it's okay. All after right, that. okay. The production of it is really really good. I was impressed. That's one of my favorite Sting songs. It's a great song. Uh, but the band spoke about the track in a press release, which said, "We have loved this song for a long time, 
And even though it was released in 1993, it seems strangely applicable to the to today's world. The song is about losing faith. It might initially sound pessimistic, but it's about the importance and power of personal relationships and how they can save you and provide solace in an increasingly confusing world. So interesting, cho- <laughs> interesting choice from those guys, and Rocky approves of it. Yeah. Uh, Do we seven- have any of that? Excuse me. Do you have any audio of that song? I don't. No. But Boy, Marissa, don't Marissa can look it up, I guess, and uh, and get it over. Oh, you're better than that. Before we're done. You're better than that. You're better than that. Before we're that done. That ain't you. That is me. It is. Well, but yeah, I guess it's so. talking about it uh, Seven Dust singer Lejean Witherspoon was admitted to the emergency room yesterday after cutting himself with a Swiss Army knife. Uh, was he doing that thing where you put your hand on the table and try and put the knife in between each of your fingers? Or was he trying to open up a fine bottle of wine with a corkscrew that comes with the Swiss Army knife? Maybe. Uh, he posted, Or a perhaps f- trying to cut things with the little scissors that comes with the Swiss Army knife. He posted a photo of himself on Instagram showing his hand wrapped in a towel. And according to the caption, he received stitches at St. Luke's Hospital. He said that... I hurt my hand with the tiny scissors. It is the first time. He says it's the first time he's been to the ER since uh, 1975. So. I was out in the forest, I had my Swiss Army knife, and I was trying to cut it in a piece of construction paper. <laughs> something to hang on a tree, something decorative. And I cut myself. I almost bled out. <laughs> but I used the corkscrew to make stitches. It's over, Johnny. Nothing's over! <laughs> All right, so anyhow, he, uh, yeah, he had to go to the emergency room. Uh, let's see. Eddie Vedder has released one of the songs from his score for the Robert F. Kennedy documentary, Return. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, oh, dude. Why are you shot? Stallone wow. is a big critic today. Uh, Return to Mount Kennedy, uh, the instrumental track. I'm up on Mount Kennedy. Cartography. <laughs> waiting for you. <laughs> Cartography. I'm not going to be coming up there. <laughs> is accompanied by a remix of uh, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's Nick Zinner that features audio of Kennedy responding to the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I assume that's Robert Kennedy is who they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, Robert Kennedy. Not Kennedy, the MTV VJ. No. Uh, all proceeds from the release. <laughs> no? Whatever happened yeah. to her? She's actually on Fox Business. Is she yeah, really? Yes, she is. Okay. Uh, all proceeds from the release will support the National Voting Rights Organization Fair Fight. Uh, on the latest episode of Robert Plant's Digging Deep podcast, he shed light on Willie Nelson's generosity with his marijuana stash. Uh, the God. former Led Zeppelin frontman spoke about how freely Willie offers up his weed for common consumption. He said, we played with Willie Nelson a couple, three months ago. He was traveling through his outlaw tour with his uh, his bug his, oh, no, not his bug. His big bus giving away <laughs> weed my bug. to everybody and also rolling machines a lot. He said, you know, wow. free. He's like, here, have some of Willie's weed. Doesn't he? He has his own um, growing facility, yes? I believe so. Uh, his own his own strain that he sells? He just gives it away. It's a truckload huh. from here to the mirror ball and beyond. He said, free with doors to go in, get your little hit, get your lid, and go out the other side. You remember Snoop Dogg? Talked about Snoop Dogg uh-huh. talked about hanging with Willie Nelson and could not keep up with him. Mm-hmm. That's the level that Willie Nelson is at when it comes to pot consumption. Mm-hmm. All right, and then uh, let's hear a little bit of the Disturbed song, and then I'll give you the last uh, story. So this is uh, them doing. If I ever lose my face, it's an 
interesting approach to it. They all seem like game show hosts to me. changes yeah. it's not bad it's all right yeah i preferred the tone leading up to this yeah i thought it was good Yes, hold on. Yeah, back that up. <laughs> it sounds like it. And then yeah, like a like a like a semi dissolve, a cross dissolve. You see Ram- Rambo in the corner. I'm coming for you. <laughs> I haven't lost faith in my ability to kill you. <laughs> All right. So anyhow, that's that first. I'm up here on Mount Kennedy, mm-hmm. waiting for you. What was the guy's name? Uh, Murtaugh? Uh, Murtaugh. Murtaugh. Coming for you. Coming for you, Murtaugh. Or is it Murtaugh? No, Murtaugh. Murtaugh. And just did whatever your name is. <laughs> Murtaugh. You know. You know who I'm talking to. You know who you are. Yeah. Well, no, no. There's a Murtaugh and a Murtaugh here. Which one? Mur- so Lethal Weapon is Murtaugh. Murtaugh. Yeah. And Murtaugh, I think, is... Murdoch? Maybe it's Murdoch. Murdoch. Hold on a minute. A Nick let is... Get, let me get my... That was from Rambo 2, right? Let me check my phone. <laughs> In the end, it's Murtaugh, Murtaugh, Murtaugh. Murdoch. Yeah, Murdoch. It's oh. Murdoch, yeah. Is it Murdoch? Yes, we can write that down. Uh, Charles Napier. No, this is Montauk. That's my electrician. Oh. <laughs> That's a place in Long Island, right? Yeah, Montauk. <laughs> it's Montauk. It's where Kathy goes for vacation. <laughs> One second, I'll be away. I'll kill you in a second. <laughs> He's busy. <laughs> Murdoch. Yeah. Yeah, it was Charles Napier, yes, who played him. He's in Blues Brothers. Uh, no F and T Stein. <laughs> that guy always played that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's the lead always. singer of the good old boys. That's He's right. also impressed in do you remember the director Russ Meyer? No. He always had like big bosomy women in his movies. He was in um, Russ Meyer's Super Vixens. Oh god. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wait, we're doing music news, right? Are we? Yes, okay, we yes, are. We're yeah. doing music news. No, or you want news? Yeah. <laughs> Murdoch. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Bill Wyman, how about him? Yes. Uh, has set the record for the highest selling bass guitar and amplifier at the three day property from Bill Wyman and his Rolling Stones archive sale. How much? To Julian Aukin. Uh, uh, Julian. Julian's auctions. Uh, Rolling Stone reported Wyman's 1969 Fender Mustang bass. How much did it sell for? (laughs) With a competition orange finish, which was a mainstay of Stone's concerts and recording sessions from 1969 and 1970, sold for a whopping $384,000. Wow. That sale beat out the $204,800 paid in 2013 for a left-handed Hoffner bass once gifted to Paul McCartney. That was used to play this song. 
Oh, yes. for, yeah, I forgot that he played in yeah. uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Um, so the the rock, the piece of rock hardware that yield this now stands as the piece of rock instrumentation or a, a musical instrument that's yielded the most at auction. Am I hearing that correctly? No, no, the highest selling bass guitar and amplifier. Oh, 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 I see. Okay, I'm sorry. Also, I wonder what what piece of rock memorabilia like this. <laughs> he played the Barney Miller yeah. theme too. Yep. Did he do Night Court? He did do Night Court as well. <laughs> wow. Uh, also, raising eyebrows. By the way, the guy who played Bo was on an episode of Happy Days. <laughs> no kidding, really? Richard Mall? Richard Mall. But he had hair, unlike the way he was on Night Court. Wow. Did they also use his face in Seinfeld, too? I, I believe they wow. did, as a okay. matter of fact. Yep. Uh, also raising eyebrows was uh, Wyman's legendary 1962 Vox AC30 normal model amplifier, which snagged 100... <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's, all, that's not it's a actual... Keyboard. That's a keyboard. Yeah. All that stuff. $106,250. Uh, easily besting last year's sale of two of David Gilmore's prized amps. Uh, Wyman's Vox AC30 is particularly historic, seeing as Wyman owning professional gear, uh, the band could use cemented his membership into the stone. Did you know the guy who wrote the Seinfeld music is married to Tina Fey? No. No, I did not. Really? Well, he is. You learn things up on Mount Kennedy. He <laughs> <laughs> <It> is! He <laughs> is! He yeah. wrote it all! It's <laughs> not a regular bass! He's not strumming the bass! That's how you get that. That's how you get it with the synthesizer. It's hard to say synthesizer when you have a speech impediment. <laughs> Brent Porsche, we have a whole other segment to go after this. Just oh, I know. You. Okay. I... <laughs> Stop right here at the microphone. <laughs> no, I wanted to contribute because I think David Gilmore's guitar, guitar yeah. last year, the black one, the uh, the uh, Fender. Yeah. Was what what one point six million or something like so that? So that was so for for a piece of rock and roll yeah. legendary instrument belonging to a rock wow. musician. Do we think the that's the, the most? Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Do you see what else was in this Bill Wyman collection? Was it a, a toilet seat cover, a plush toilet seat cover that went for over a thousand dollars? Wow. Yeah, I took a dump on that. <laughs> Steve, it's got the Rolling Stones tongue. Wow. And it's one of those. Are uh, you kidding? Plush, I'm not kidding. No, it, it was part of this collection that, that Preston's referencing. Huh. Wow. What would you? We asked you. So for, what would you pay for a Neil Peart piece of, mem- what what, what wow. would you, me- I mean, I guarantee you, you'd go up if it was something really. His, uh, his old drum kit from, um, what era would it have been? It was a candy apple red one, uh, and it, it went up for sale and I don't remember how much it sold for, but I entertained it for a little bit. Um, but I was like realistic about it. I'm like, where am I going to put that? What am I going to do with it? Right. It's big. It's a drum kit. Right. You know, it's not a small thing that you can hang on the wall and appreciate. Put it on the kitchen table. It takes up real estate in the home. So right. Uh, I already have a, a signed drum head and and sticks from him. So I've got my. You're good. I've got my memorabilia and and he's had so many different drum kits and so many different things that it, it it wasn't like you know the, it wasn't like Ringo's black pearl drum kit that he used forever that I that's you know the one that sold for a, a tremendous amount yeah yeah Nick what about the ukulele that uh it was a Ludwig kit by the way but it was colored black pearl sorry for those who are going to be nitpicky <laughs> go ahead they always are yeah uh they didn't yeah I mean uh, it, but the same thing is pressing like I'd, I'd like to be able to display it somewhere right else, you know so it, it's one of those things where we're lucky enough to collect stuff from the radio station from time to time. I don't have any place to put it. It just ends up in the basement. But if I had a 
the cool man cave or whatever. Could put it there. Yeah, for sure. Kathy Shania Twain's uh, zither. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for display. Casey, Casey obviously fish. fish. I want yeah. Trey's guitar. Which and one? there's well, I mean it. It's he has one guitar. It's just this Paul Languedoc uh, guitar that. I always thought was just there was just one of them, but yeah. apparently there's been several over the years. So I think to me it is the prettiest guitar uh, I, of any professional musician I've ever seen. Okay, I'll see a picture of that. Yeah. Um, all right, and there you go. Uh, that's it. In music news. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment, and uh, we're going to wrap things up. Letter Day Word of the Week, and we'll also give away our Tattoo So it might be you if you text in. We'll be right back. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. A Tuesday coming to a close for us, but oh, friends, it's just beginning. The entertainment just went up a notch. Absolutely. Brent Porsche packed, popped back into the studio. When Second his, visit this morning. When his 18-wheeler pulls into the parking lot. Oh, uh, man, you see the, the excitement. brings in all the equipment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, he's got a follow-up. on. We were just talking about the uh, uh, the Bill Wyman bass. Yes. Uh, that sold for a record price for a bass guitar. And then, Steve, you are asking what the most expensive... Uh, items sold, rock memorabilia rock, in general. Yes, exactly. And so you had said, a, we were talking about a, a, a David Gilmore guitar, but you went and you, you found the specific numbers. Yeah, so the Black Strat, the quote Black Strat, a 1969 Fender Stratocaster, which Gilmore used to record Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, and the Wall albums, wow. went for, for close to $4 million last year in a big auction. It was like a 22 or $23 million auction that David Gilmore had. But the Kurt Cobain acoustic guitar, from the Unplugged album, the, the famous guitar that he had yeah. went for $6 million last year. $6 million bucks for a guitar. So the purchaser wow. of that was uh, unnamed, or was that like the the Rock and Roll, rock and roll um, Museum? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not too sure. This was through um, was Christie's it? Auction House. So okay. I think it might have gone to a private collector. Huh. Probably. A lot of times they'll do that and then they'll lend them to, you know, the Rock right. and Roll Hall of Fame or something like God that. God almighty, six yeah. million dollars. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, all right, so we are wrapping things up. We need to, Case, do we have the, uh, yep. we have our winner? I do, I got you right here. Uh, Exciting. Oh, it's Tattoos Day, so we're going to give away our prize. Tattoos Day winner. A $350 gift certificate goes to Scott Tully. Tully. Uh, Tully is from Clifton Heights, and we are going to set set him up with this $350 gift certificate for floating world tattoo and piercing. And uh, don't forget that they are located at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. And for artwork samples... You can visit floatingworldtattoos.com or check them out on Instagram at floatingworldtattoos as well. And speaking of Delco, as you played that uh, that clip, Casey. Uh, yeah, look. Hey. Yeah. Brent yeah, is wearing his Delco AF shirt today. <laughs> that must be a small subsection of Delco AF. <laughs> Do you get that at the same place that Casey gets all his Delco apparel? This was a gift, so I'm not too sure, but Casey has given me some cool stickers from where he, he gets his stuff from. Okay. Who did all we right. talk to? Who was, uh, it was James McAvoy, who is a, mm-hmm. uh, an adopted son yes, of yes. Uh, Delco. That's Go right. figure. His girlfriend is from there. Um, yeah. Yeah. He never sent us the picture. He said he has a hat. That's Remember? right. Yes. Yep. He lied to us about we the picture. Follow. We got to follow. follow Delco of him. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, uh, what is happening on uh, the program? Today? We did the letter first. 
Oh, we got to do it. Let's do the letter. something. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. By the letter T is in thong, the thong, thong, thong. All right, and we have a $300 Visa gift card from Ardent Credit Union, where free checking pays you cash. You can visit Ardent. CU.org. We're not um, used to having somebody that's organized and goes in order sitting <laughs> at that microphone. Or actually answering a question when you ask it. That's Pierre, exactly what I was just say. How not, you doing, Pierre? The sky is so blue today. Yeah. What's what? happening What's happening on today's show? I want to point out something yeah. that I saw. Yeah. <laughs> I have floaties in my coffee. I'll get to that in a moment. You know, or whatever. But I never... He and Matt Cord Matt are Cord, always did, the ones you know I'll ask a direct question and they'll respond with something else. Because it's two people that usually run the show, right. just like you. Right. So now you've put three people that run their own show, and they're all doing their own show well, and not listening to each other. Kathy, you become like a baby photographer. Like, over yeah, here. Yeah. Over here. Yeah. Smile. Yeah. Smile. Tell yeah. me the letter. Making noises. Got my keys. <laughs> All right, uh, what's up on the show? Today? I have a kick-ass show today. We were talking about Pink Floyd t- today. We lost Richard Wright, their keyboardist, 12 years ago, so we're going to do a Pink Floyd block. Uh, Rob Zombie and White Zombie broke up on this day. They also played the area on this day, so we're going to do a block of them. And Billy Idol was in town 30 years ago today. We're going to have some live tracks in there. We're going to lean a little bit more towards the guitar in the in the yes. workhorse blocks today. Mm-hmm. And uh, all sorts of double shots on this Double Shot Tuesday. I love it. Brent will take good care of you. I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show, brought to you today by Duncan, the official coffee, the Preston and Steve Show. And also, Meineke doing Car Care Right tomorrow on our program. It's a Wednesday, so Fox Good Day will go on TV. We also have a secret text words. We'll give away a prize. Uh, Revin the Super Nanny on tomorrow. Yeah. Joe Frost. A lot of people uh, find her very sexy. I think she's adorable. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, she's she's really great at what she does. Have you been a bad boy? I've (laughs) been a very bad boy. Oh, my God. She's going to make me her regular Saturday night thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, And also, comedian... (laughs) You're going to be my regular Saturday night thing, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Comedian Jared Fried will be joining us and more. That's it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. The Breston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. It is 4.15 a.m. 50 degrees. God damn, it's cold. Next message. Yay! Tomorrow's my birthday, and I turn the big 4-0. Or as uh, Press's mom would say, I turn 40. Next message. When it comes to merging, the zippers work for a reason. One car than the other, so quit acting like kindergartners trying to get out to recess. Let people in and traffic will actually move. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.